I'll never forget that uh, we ran back to the Borgata after we made that score, uh, hit a daily double, uh, ended up getting back about 850 bucks or something, uh, but needed it desperately to avoid going to the cash machine. Uh, and, and it's always uh, a little sad when you're among the, uh, you know, 11 or so people that are lined up at the various ATMs around any casino destination at 1201 because uh, it's a new day. And you can get new cash, but you might be out of it before you even get to breakfast. <laughs> It's worth having these limits, I guess, on your ATM card. No, Louie? Like, like, what's the maximum you could draw off your ATM card if you uh, put it's a usually 500. It's usually 500. Okay. I don't yeah. know it's around. Yeah, that's about a nickel somewhere in yeah, yeah. that category. And uh, lately, my uh, withdrawals have been uh, frequent and uh, even more generous. <laughs> <laughs> the time. Wake up with Defoe. Joined by Louie. Welcome to the Defoe Show. I never uh, really regret coming to work uh, on any given day. This hasn't exactly been work. I mean, there are aspects to the job that uh, seem like work at times. Uh, mostly, I mean, uh, the laborious part is dealing with uh, other people's opinions, management, things like that uh, in this business. Uh, welcome to the show, by the way. Jeff DeForest, uh, Mike Luby Lubitz with you. South Florida Live. Uh, great to be with you on uh, South Florida Live, the Depot Show. And uh, later on today, yeah, we go old school with Tony Segreno. That's always fun. I have it right here, though, uh, Luby. Okay. Uh, I know I got to send you a couple of bucks, but uh, you see this? I'm holding this up right here. Okay. It's a prop. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't give away Tony's address. Yeah, don't. But don't uh, do when that. he starts complaining about the check, I, I, I'm sticking it on my mailbox right after the show. <laughs> oh, picked up today, delivered to him, and will be uh, paid up in full. But um, like a lot of you, I, I you know started having these fantasies yesterday. I, I don't know why it is. I mean, uh, it's not as if like winning two million dollars would, would be a tough beat. But when these jackpots get to be like three hundred, four hundred, five hundred million dollars, tell me, people, that you don't have, even if you have uh, zero inclination towards making a wager, you're unlikely in the fifth inning to all of a sudden uh, take a position on the Mets and the Yankees with the uh, Yankees trailing five two, and, and you know, as we were suggesting the other day, always take the loser, whoever's losing in that spot, take them, and uh, you know, ho- hope for the odds in the turnaround. But uh, I, I started thinking, wait a minute, for, for $810 million or whatever this was, $830 million was the pool last night for the Mega Millions, which I didn't even know how much it costs for Mega Millions. I'm not sure. Is Mega Millions any different than Powerball? All about the same. Uh, lottery is like a dollar. Powerball's two. So you only get, for 20 bucks, you only get 10 lines. All right. So now I'm thinking, where are you going to buy this ticket? You, you can't buy it. Are they ever sold it like a Publix? Or uh, any larger store? No, it's always some schmanky bodega somewhere uh, on the border of Harlem in New York. And, you know, some guy just happened to go in there for a piece of pizza, bought one ticket, wins the whole thing. And, and then, you know, there's always the, uh, you know, old lady in the Midwest that never leaves the house. Somehow, uh, you know, she went out, had somebody buy her a couple of tickets, uh, hits for $400 million, says, I'm going to donate it all to some, uh, you know, animal society. So that, uh, you know, maybe cats uh, can be spayed for free. And, uh, you know, comes up with some kind of thing. And you're thinking, my God, what, why wasn't that me? I don't know if you get this way, Luby. Uh, now, I have had uh, almost, uh, I would have to say, close to 0.0 success in any lottery. kind of lottery Powerball situation. Does nothing for me. In the very early days of the lottery, I think I had four out of five one time or four out of six, which paid like $100. And I thought, well, it's bad enough that they're already raking 50% of the money out of the pool. 
Think about that. Now you have like a one in a zillion chance as it is. And then on top of that, I mean, what is the thing that defeats most gamblers? The juice. It's the rake. You hear people talking about it all the time. Wait, wait a minute. I, I got to lay 115 to win 100. Yep. Uh, anyway, so that that's where they get you, you know, and uh, you're paying like 110 to win 100. Or, you know, if you lose, you're paying 110 for the loss. And if you bet $100 on an even money proposition in football, you only get 100 back. But if you lose, it's 110. And, and that's where they get you. It's the juice. It's the vig. Yeah. It's the rake in uh, the poker game. Um, all right. So and, and one of the great lines of all time out of any movie, of course, uh, the classic, which I can't believe that Mike Mayo was like roommates with the guy who wrote the movie Rounders. That's you believe funny. that? I mean, that is a classic to me. It, it that is. is the Citizen Kane <laughs> of all movies. Matt Damon and Rounders, fantastic. Way ahead of its time. Uh, well ahead of the poker craze, uh, you know, going uh, universal where everybody plays poker now. You're walking into a casino. It's not uncommon to see like a guy walking in in like a Groucho Marx mask. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, he's going straight to the poker room. Right? And you're not thinking he's in some show or he's just some kind of freak going straight to the poker room because uh, it, it became so popular out of nowhere, what were the odds of that when, when ESPN started televising World Series of Poker events? Uh, if you go all the way back in the day, it was uh, Gabe Kaplan. Remember the comedian Gabe Kaplan? Welcome yep, back, yep, Connor. Yep, yep. Welcome back, Hotel. Gabe Kaplan. I, I knew him casually when I lived in California through the uh, connection I had with the unknown comic. In fact, Gabe Kaplan pulled a Pete Rose on, uh, on Fosse. Uh, when he bowled over th this, uh, and I was witness to this, he bowled over at the plate on a play at the plate in a uh, comedian versus like, uh, you know, some other group softball game. Gabe Kaplan comes barreling into home and uh, bowls over the comedian Gallagher, you know, the guy with the sledgehammer yeah, and the watermelons. The watermelons, yep, yep. And knocked him cold. And everybody was like, come on, Gabe, what an asshole. I, mean, <laughs> I like that for it. A fucking softball game with comedians. I mean, what, what, what are you doing? Honestly. All of a sudden, he's like Pete Rose's guy. But anyway, uh, Gabe Kaplan, who, who was um, you know, a big poker aficionado before it was in vogue, was calling the World Series of Poker. And, and this goes way back. I, I think even like Stu Unger might have been in this. Uh, the guy they made the movie about with uh, Michael Imperioli playing. Uh, kind of a boring movie, but, uh, you know, sort of interesting in the fact that it involved degeneracy. And a very sick level, like a Stu Finer type of level of degeneracy with uh, Stu Unger, a different kind of Stu, but I, I think more legit uh, than Stu Finer was, although well, we love Stu, still in touch with him. Uh, he's on some kind of crazy salmon diet now. Catch him on Barstool Sports. He's big with uh, David Porter. He does well on TikTok. To to he has a TikTok, yeah. and he does some really crazy shit there. <laughs> oh, he's very entertaining, man. There's no question about it. But he was doing a lot of blow when he was on the he's show. Doing a lot of something. Eventually, just <laughs> mutually come to an agreement that listen, Stu, as long as you're going to be that high at six in the morning, we we, we can't possibly have you uh, on the uh, program. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, uh, if you were ever inclined to make a wager, you would have had to go for this last night. No, eight hundred and thirty million. It's now going to be over a billion in the Friday drawing. And this this is the tough part, right? They they suck you in. Yep, yep. Now, they're taking 50% out of the pool right away, and then you have a 1 in 3 million chance of winning this anyway. So well, what does that reduce it down to? 1 in 6 million? Yeah, probably. I'm not sure. You know, I only course I really did well in in college uh, was uh, odds and probability. You'll find that surprising, Louie. And uh, I was able to calculate these sort of things back in the day. It was called degenerate math. So um, I'm on the walk of life last night, late night uh, walk of life. I got rained out from uh, tennis second uh, day in a row. So I, I put off my walk of life, and I thought, well, if I get washed out, which was a likelihood, because it was just absolutely pouring. I mean, raining cats and dogs here. It wasn't St. Louis where, you know, they're walking through like a river 
on every street, but uh, pretty bad. I was up in uh, Boca Raton yesterday. I had to drive up that way on Federal Highway, and wow, I mean, not exactly. The drainage in Miami-Dade County Oh, no, horrible. that's dreadful. Yeah, that's dreadful. Dreadful, right? It's like every time. One drop of rain, boom. Yeah, I and mean, uh, you're looking at Lake Havasu, and uh, it, it was that way up in uh, Boca Raton. It was raining uh, that hard. So um, I, I wasn't able to get out there and uh, do, do my usual uh, walk of life. And so when I got washed out on the tennis, I decided to go late in the evening. And I thought, you know what? I'll bring 20 bucks with me. I don't like to carry anything. I don't bring any phones. I don't bring uh, any stuff. I barely even have like one key for the front door in case the Mustang decides to lock me out forever. And uh, that's it. But I stuck a 20 in my pocket. I stopped at a convenience store because I was thinking... Some rat hole convenience store would be the place where the winning ticket was bought. And I actually was fantasizing about, I'm sure you guys have done this, how I was going to allocate the money, which is weird because you know you're never going to see this yeah, money. And uh, there's no chance of winning. I, I was going to give you like 20 million, Luby, just for being uh, a loyal you know, a guy and uh, you know, sticking with this whole program no matter what through thick and thin, which uh, you know, it's starting to thicken a little bit, which is nice, but uh, certainly has been a little thin. Uh, over the uh, last eight, nine months compared to what we had going, which, you know, it took us like 11 years to build up to that point uh, when we were sort of independently operating our own business out of a major <laughs> radio station here in South Florida. Well, it ended up not being they didn't like it that we were doing well. That, that was the funny part. I, I, I think it was always uh, an undercurrent of resentment there from uh, the sales manager, this guy named Todd Winnick, and then uh, the program director was a woman named Grace Blazer. And I, I think, I don't know that she resented it so much, but the, for some reason, the people on the business side resented that we were doing well. Once that 100%. Brian Olson got uh, canned out of there, he, he was a good guy, the general manager. He kind of liked us. You know that they changed the name of uh, 1230 The Zone, which we used to be on? 1230 The Gambler. The Gambler. I know, it's perfect. But then they yeah. don't have any shows except for Red Greek comes on for a couple of hours. It would have been perfect to have us in the morning and then the gambler. Not the gambler, then no, the gambler. Uh, us in the morning and then the Greek man in the afternoon. Yes, it yeah. would have been so they had everything there, but uh, there, there was another guy named Rob Miller, I think his name was. Oh, so, wow, wow, what a what a dunce this guy turned well, out. Well, he today. doesn't do anything. He's he came down from New York as a regional guy, and he said, man, let's get rid of all the programs. I, I don't want to complain about that because I'm really happy doing what we're doing. I, I am, but I would have been even happier if I'd hit for the $830 million. Oh, I would hope. I would have had one of those George Clooney dinners, like after he sold, uh, what is it, uh, Casamigos? Tequila, that, that, yeah. Uh, tequila. Tequila thing. He got like a billion dollars, him yeah. and uh, the guy that's married to Cindy Crawford. And um, they, uh, you know, he, he had a dinner where he gave everybody like a million bucks in a suitcase, million oh bucks in God. cash. He invited like 12 people. Thing. He had 12 suitcases. Yeah, That's yeah. a nice move. I, and I, I was already planning one of those dinners. You were invited. <laughs> <Louis. laughs> See, I don't think Shirley does that. Shirley, we we did it one time. Though. Remember the last time where people were like waiting in lines for hours? So we did that. We got ticket. We got three, t- I don't know, two or three tickets. And we didn't hit on anything. And she in the line is talking to all the people and, oh, what will you do? What will you do? And I'm like, no. we're not going to win. <laughs> I'm not getting no, my hopes No, up. <laughs> I mean, you have a one in three million chance uh, straight up, I guess. Uh, is that on every given line? Is it like roulette where the odds are uh, 37 to 1 against you on every play? It's arbitrary. Uh, you know, and, and you have less than a 50-50 chance of drawing red or black, which a lot of people don't consider because guess what color the two zeros are, Luby? Green. And now they've added a third zero in a lot of roulette games, which uh, I think is bordering on criminal activity. If Joe Biden was going to look into anything, uh, never mind these investigations into Trump, uh, which uh, I thought he had a classic line yesterday, Donald Trump. See, and now this is the thing: learn to forget. Like it, it, he really does abide by one of our principles of romance, 
which is the old woman, what woman? Oh, yeah. He does that on everything. Where, yeah, you're, you're caught dead to rights in bed with another woman and, and uh, your wife or your girlfriend comes home that you have a commitment to and, and she's living with you. Uh, you're there in bed with another woman. And she says, uh, you know, the question that no man can answer with uh, any kind of uh, assurance, uh, you know, uh, which is uh, who's she? Now, if you answer it and you say, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, this is not, you know, this is just incidental. Like, uh, you know, some woman says hello to you while you're in a restaurant. And what's the question? Who's she? Who's she? Uh, it means nothing to me. Uh, what are you talking about? You have to deny everything. And, um, you know, this was an Ed Kaplan theory. My good buddy, Ed Kaplan, the uh, great sportscaster. And uh, he said, hey, what do you do there? Uh, you know, you get caught dead to rights in bed with another woman. You just look at the, uh, you know, person that you're answering to and say, woman, what woman? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't about? see any woman. There's no one here. <laughs> she's grabbing her clothes and she's like walking running out. out the door. <laughs> what woman? So the, the Trumpster pulled a woman, what woman yesterday? This was the great because, uh, you know, I mean, after all of this stuff, I mean, no matter what, I was arguing, I told you what my friend Big Jack was a giant Trump supporter. And I was just saying, no matter what, you, you got to look on. at the actions of this guy and say, what a, what a, I mean, this is the last guy on earth that you would want standing up for you. It really is. I mean, uh, could care less, right? He's telling people to hang Mike Pence, for God's sake. Pence, it couldn't have been any more loyal. I always thought Pence was more Mike Dunst because it just seemed like he was, uh, you know, uh, the sickest of the sycophants. Oh, yeah. Uh, that just followed in uh, Trump's footsteps and anything Trump did or whatever atrocity he was pulling off at the time, however stupid he looked at these press conferences, how much homina, homina, homina he was doing when they asked him a direct question about something that obviously he was uh, completely in the wrong about. Uh, you know, and, and this is not arguing policy. People, I mean, immediately people go to gas prices like, oh, well, you know what? Gas was a dollar eighty nine. Okay. Okay. So what? Yeah, I, I would rather pay seventeen bucks a gallon for gas than, than have some criminal asshole running the country into the ground and, and destroying the environment for my grandchildren. Exactly. I mean, with no concern, backed by the NRA. I mean, assault weapons are being used all over the place. And this guy has the nerve. Yesterday, this was fantastic. My favorite to get up and make a speech, and he says. Uh, there is now no respect for the law and certainly no order. And he did that mm. in that, like, like, the Trumpian fashion. The best. Sanctimonious. Well, he literally yeah. spit in there's... cops' faces. He spit in cops' faces and told his people to spit in cops' faces. It's like, what? Do you, how do you do that? <laughs> orchestrated a riot, for God's sake. At the Capitol. <laughs> the Capitol building and then sat there for three hours on his thumb. While he you know, was up his ass And I said, <laughs> well, people are begging him, please, Donnie, say something. And he's like, uh, eh. I'll never admit that I lost. And then he claimed he uh, won the election by a landslide again. Woman, what woman? I mean, th this was classic, though. But, uh, I mean, uh, for that line to come from Trump in light of everything that we've seen, now, now, no matter what, even if you think that this is a witch hunt, this January 6th, uh, you know. Which uh, is not. Hearings, it's not. Uh, I mean, it's not. <laughs> even if it was. I mean, uh, but, but still, uh, they have, like, video evidence yes. of the guy standing there uh, saying, well, I love these people. <laughs> yes. Great what's going on there. Pence, yeah, well, he really betrayed me. He should be doing something that's completely illegal yeah, so exactly. that uh, me and Rudy can get in there and uh, claim that we won the election again. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's a fun time. <laughs> it, it's it, it's insufferable madness. It, it really is. That's a good way to put All it. Right? And, and you can, you know, this is, I don't want to divide our audience oh, no, there. Right. If you're a diehard right wing Republican and but you believe on. in all of their policies. Come on. Great. I mean, but not come this guy. On. Come on. What are you talking about? Come on. Anyway, here's my ticket, Luby. I wouldn't be saying any of this if I had hit this thing. <laughs> and, uh, I had two numbers on one line, and I did have the mega ball. 
okay. uh, number on one line that I had no uh, correct numbers on. <laughs> this is an odd sequence, though, and, and this is the thing. Do you go with your own personal numbers, yeah. or do you just go quick pick? Because uh, I, I, I did hit, like, early, very early on, I hit one for, like, 100 bucks, which uh, doesn't even get me close to, uh, you know, square yeah, yeah. for uh, the number of uh, dollars I've invested in this stuff. And I'm not a big lotto player. I don't play it every week. I only go, for some reason, like everybody else. The uh, when there's a crazy jackpot on the line, uh, I'll put another 20 into it on Friday and hope for the best. I already had my house picked out in Encinitas. I already called a realtor in California, <laughs> said, hey, I want to live on those cliffs there right by Del Mar. I'll jog down there for the simulcast when they're closed. And you know what? Every summertime, it's going to be summertime and the living is easy. Maybe a little, uh, you know, sort of, uh, I don't know, trumped up. Not to quote to Trump, uh, Trumpster again, but, uh, you know, some kind of semi-fancy place right by the Hillsborough Inlet there. That, that was always uh, attracted me when I was rolling by on the Wave Runners oh, uh, many, yeah, many yeah, years ago. Oof, those houses are nuts. Be great, yeah. But but you couldn't come up with a sequence on your own, could you? I mean, look at these numbers. Who, who, who would play 60, 63, and 66 out of the five numbers that you were, uh, you know, picking? I understand seven. A lot of people probably had seven. It's one of my lucky numbers, the Mick. Of course. And, um, you know, it was interesting. I, I was reading, uh, there's a guy called, uh, stitches that does handicapping in the New York post on baseball stitches. Very funny guy. And uh, he's been on fire this season. Uh, a lot of burials over the past uh, several years. Uh, and, and he's not associated with the Brent Musburger Barry America campaign, but you know, just does this on his own and very honest. I mean, accountably, he tells you, Hey, I'm uh, down like, uh, you know, 3000 bazookas so far this year. Never mentions like dollars. Call it, you know, he say, he'll say, I'm down uh, like 1,900 Yastrzemskis. Uh, but uh, he, he's way ahead this year. He had a phenomenal first half of the season. And uh, he said that he was going through his attic uh, in light of the fact that this Mickey Mantle card sold for uh, like $10 million, was going to send for $10 million, sell for $10 million. And uh, this astronaut suit that was worn by Neil Armstrong when he walked on the moon just sold for like $2.5 million. All right. Was it Armstrong? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, well, whoever uh, was selling his jacket or put it up for auction uh, went for like two and a half million dollars. The jacket that was worn on the moon by uh, the first astronaut to walk on the moon. All right. So um, he, he says he goes to his attic and all he could find was a 1968 Horace Clark card. <laughs> that was in pretty good condition. And an old bar mitzvah jacket that he wore, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> Because well, you used to watch it. I don't know if you watched it, but you either watched it or saw Antiques Roadshow and then also that show where, yeah. with the gruff guy and his sons that owned the pawn shop. And people would come in and be like, yeah, I found this thing. Uh, it's old, but it looks stupid. And they're like, oh, yes, that's worth $200,000. So everyone, yeah, yeah. I remember that became a thing. Everyone was like Everybody going to their so. parents' house, <laughs> like rummaging through all the crap. This is what my parents uh, <laughs> essentially did for a living for, for many, many years after my dad got out of the uh, writing and publishing business, although he continued to write uh, books about this adventure where uh, they became antique dealers. And, you know, they, they went out and uh, they really combed uh, the ashes there to find uh, whatever it was. I mean, they, they would go to every sale. Yeah, you go to garage uh, sales. Be out there at like 3 in the morning walking around the Brimfield uh in uh, Massachusetts, uh, this flea market they have. And, uh, of course, you had the uh, flea market in New Jersey. And that, that was very, very famous. Uh, and uh, they would always go there. Uh, and uh, I remember my mom, I went uh, with her in, into some real schmanky-looking, schleppy, dust-infested, roach-infested, small shop. Uh, and uh, it, it was in California. She came out to visit me. 
And uh, she says, uh, can, can we stop in there? And I'm thinking, oh, no. I mean, there's nothing I hate more than being dragged around a store. I hate going into retail stores. I, rarely will you ever see me inside any store other than like a grocery store. That's about it. Maybe a sporting goods shop. And I, I'm even reluctant to go uh, to like Dick's Sporting Goods because it's like, eh, you know, but who needs all this? I'd much rather just uh, have, you know, somebody ship me a case of tennis balls online or, or buy something in that fashion. Some things that you actually have to uh, go in there for or you know, you, you need to think like right now and you yep. can't wait for Amazon's. Uh, I mean, do they have a one hour delivery yeah. principle there? In some uh, forms, pesos? yeah. There are, sure, you, yeah. there are things where you can get it in Comes an hour like to before, two hours. As soon as you think of it. Before right? you, you finish ordering it, it's there, yes. All right. So my mom uh, goes into uh, this uh, place. They got nothing but Trek. I mean, you know, an old uh, Confederate flag. And they got some, you know, uh, stupid uh, looking books that, that are torn apart. And she pulls this doll out of the, you know, out of the woodwork there and blows the dust off it and uh, goes to the counter and says, uh, how much for this doll? And the guy says, well, what does it say on there, lady? You know, and uh, it says like eight bucks. All right. So uh, she says, oh, eight dollars. My mother was great at playing this uh, pathetic, like, uh, you know, here she was. She ended up uh, having like a million dollars stashed in a pillowcase. Yeah, but no one has to know uh, that. But she, she would play this pathetic, like, I mean, beaten down, uh, you know, loser, uh, immigrant type. And uh, she says, oh, could, could you possibly give it away for five to an old lady? <laughs> She wasn't even old at the time. I was right? going to say, like, was she uh, even maybe old? in her fifties. Yeah. <laughs> she played this act really well, man. I mean, uh, she she did have some uh, thespian uh, type characteristics. Tendences. So, uh, anyway, that was thespian, uh, Louis. Yes. yes. Uh, not that it would matter, but uh, nonetheless, Actress, uh, I just yes. wanted to clarify I, that. I got it. I mean, Actu- we're talking about my mother, for God's sake. There you go. So, uh, sure enough, I mean, the guy looks at her like uh, five. Uh, you know, give me six. And she comes back with five fifty. No, oh, Jesus, she's really gonna go cheap. Five fifty, five dollars and fifty cents, right? Oh, so uh, we get to the car, and uh, she she's still walking out of the store with a face on. Yeah, trying to just. In and case. and uh, the doll was worth eighteen grand, and she knew it was worth <laughs> like at least. She knew it was this, uh, you know, priceless doll that uh, you know was a special kind of thing that my father had been studying, and they had been collecting these items, and she found one, and, and she bargained the guy down, knowing she was going to cop like 15 to 20 grand for this Oh, thing. my God. <laughs> She's I don't want to use any uh, you know terminology that would be ethnically uh, derogatory, She's but she uh, did this to this guy and got him down from $8 to five fifty. this schlepper who probably hadn't made another sale all day. Oh, my God. And walked out of there with a treasure, but but she knew it. They, they, yeah, they knew yeah, their yeah. stuff. It was great. That's why she had money and I don't, because I'm uh, counting on things like this. So there goes the house in Encinitas. Uh, I don't need fancy cars. I got my Tiguan. I'm happy with that. From Dale Volkswagen. Uh, What else? I I don't know. How how many residences do you need? What What would you do, Libby? Would you just travel the world and and have a good time? I would travel a lot. That's what we would do. I would become an ambassador for love. That's what I would do. (laughs) Just an ambassador for love. I would do this. Loving everybody. You know what? You see some homeless guy, give him two grand. Uh, you know, and maybe the money wouldn't last, but but eight hundred and thirty million. Which what do you get? You get like uh, three hundred million out of that. Ken did the math. He said it's a little around three hundred if you account. That's for after everything. taxes, so you clear three hundred million. You would get three if you won a loan, which I don't see that happening. But if you won a loan, you'd get three hundred million. That's what Ken said. I guess you know it's interesting to think that uh, all of these NBA guys are signing lottery winning tickets. Yes, yes. Here we are scrambling at three hundred million to one to try and cash a ticket. There, anyway, uh, two was the best I did on any line. Anybody have this? Anybody have like a million dollar winning ticket? That wouldn't even be bad. 
Some people won millions or whatever, which is cool. All right. Well, I'm roped in. It's going to cost me another 20 on Friday. And until it's hit, that'll be that. All right. Uh, but uh, and, and then that's it. I, I won't do it again until I see some like gigantic jackpot. So, uh, you know, it, it is a po- and I never pick the numbers. Are, are you better off picking your own numbers, Luby? I would think maybe you I use would. Segreno would use his lucky numbers and probably win. Right. Tony Segreno is going to join us later on. Probably hit his lucky numbers. But um, that was that was it for last night. So I walked home thinking I was going to be a winner. I had all these plans. I inspired myself to go the entire four miles. So thinking about how rich I was going to be and what I was going to do with the money. And uh, all I did, I may as well have taken my 20, wadded it up and thrown it in the ocean as soon as I made that turn on Southeast 8th Street. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, many things happening. Uh, the uh, game last night was pretty good. Bob Costas doing a ball game. Now, now Costas uh, missed a couple of things. Uh, is that a sign of, uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, onset of senility, uh, Costas never missed anything, but it was a pleasure listening to him do the game. I really enjoyed oh, I love as Costas. much as people like to knock Bob Costas. He, he is a great baseball announcer. Most people don't knock him. You knock him. <laughs> most people don't knock Bob Costas. Bob Costas is one of those that's sort of untouchable. Like most people outside of the pink eye, which is really only the professor. So talks about the pink eye. Bob Costas is one I, of those I guys. Him for that. I, I think it was bold that he went to what work. What do you with, mean? With how are you mocking him? Like, I, I let Ken do it because he's funny when he does it, but it's actually yeah, impressive. Yeah, it's Most people would have tapped out. Like, by then, he was a yeah. legend making hundreds of millions of dollars, and he didn't have to do it, but he's a pro. Oh. Like, when he attaches himself to something, he follows through. Like, it was actually no one in this day and age would do that. R- risking their reputation, risking memes, risking being made fun of. When he, you have an iconic Hall of Fame legacy, no, no sure. one would do that. But he's Costas. He's like, look, I'm here. It's the Olympics. I'm not going to do that for a pink eye. See, I, I really dig people that do what they do for the love of what they're doing. Exactly, yeah. Which, uh, you know, people always ask me, hey, uh, you know, and, and would I stop doing this? Uh, I, I would find some more sophisticated way maybe. Maybe we'd have better equipment. Maybe, uh, you know, we'd be able to hire a few people to help us out. But, uh yeah, I, I still wouldn't mind doing something. I mean, uh, and, and no, Costas doing his ball game last night uh, just made me feel like, uh, wow, this guy really loves doing this. Oh, he, yeah. he doesn't need the money. He's on TNT. It's Yankees Mets. Uh, you know, a giant Yankee fan, uh, Bob Costas, with the Mickey Mantle card in his pocket. He spoke very eloquently at Mantle's funeral. I mean, uh, you know, and, and he's brilliant at a lot of things. Great interviewer, Bob Costas. Yes. You know, not necessarily, uh, you know, always, uh, you know, people – Maybe his personality, uh, it seems engaging enough to me, you know, to be him. fine for a guy of that stature. But and, you know, I, I knew Costas a little bit. I mean, we weren't good friends or anything because uh, I believe he was a class behind me mm. at Syracuse. And, uh, you know, but you, you could already see I, I've said this many times. I mean, he was doing ball games on WAER, which was the school station. And he was already great. Right. I mean, he, he really knew what he was doing and a pleasure. I, I'm sure Jim Sarney would agree. It was a pleasure uh, listening to him doing the ball game last night, the uh, Yankees and the Mets, the mayor's trophy game. And uh, what some people are anticipating might be the forerunner. You know, you had to keep qualifying. Well, they're going to meet four times this year during the regular season as if it was, uh, you know, well, it is a possibility, obviously leading their divisions, uh, their respective divisions, Yankees by a lot, Mets by a small margin because the Braves also won last night. Uh, but uh, it, it was a pleasure uh, listening to the ball game uh, broadcast on TNT. Uh, no hype, uh, no over obsessiveness about the split finger fastball versus the four seamer. I mean, just just good baseball uh, analysis. Although uh, there was a point there where uh, I, I guess it was uh, Rizzo got hit by a pitch, 
See, now, here, here's one that gets me, Luke. If the ball bounces and, and it hits you, That's not a, does that still? I mean, I, I always thought to. that that didn't matter. I mean, like, like that, that wasn't being hit by a pitch. Yeah. That it didn't matter. That, that the ball bounced first. From what I know. Ball bounces and hits a batter uh, while he's in the batter's box. And uh, they did, uh, you know, this ball bounced, hit Rizzo uh, on the bottom, uh, you know, part of his leg uh, around the ankle Got area. And they gave him first. He, he walked off to first base and then Costas didn't see that. And it was a 2-2 pitch. And then he thought he, he sort of like lost it there for a second. You know, like, oh, what happened, man? I guess we had the wrong graphic. That must have been a 3-2 pitch. It's like, no, Bob. He's claiming he got hit. Now, the umpire didn't call it. So, uh, you know, maybe that's what he was focused on. And the first base umpire, you know, was kind of signaling like, hey, he gets first base. And then oh it was God. clear that the ball, even though it skipped, it hit him in the ankle. So hit know. by pitch, uh, Louie? I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe the yeah. umpires know more than I do. I... Well, no, I mean, the rule is the rule. I, I guess uh, yeah, that, that's I, I always thought, you know what, if the ball bounced, uh, it didn't matter. But I've seen it a million times now. Uh, going the other way, so you think I would accept it, but I, I don't want to change my concept of the rule. <laughs> Maybe that was a Brooklyn thing. I don't know. Like, if the ball bounced, yeah, 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 you know what? Uh, listen, you wuss. You know, I mean, uh, you know, the ball bounced. What, what do you want? You're going to take first base on that? You got to be kidding me. Uh, so, anyway, the uh, Mets win the ball ballgame uh, 6-3. E- Edwin Diaz, man, wow. Uh, you talk about a guy. See, now, we know that we're pushing Alcantara for Cy Young, and I don't know that Diaz has pitched uh, that many innings this year, but what he has done has been uh, beyond the scope of anybody's wildest imagination. This is what they thought they were getting. Uh, remember when they uh, acquired Diaz as their closer? They already had, uh, you know, at the time, I forget who their closer was, but they had, like, a, a guy that was uh, pretty good or, or deemed to be, uh, you know, a reasonably responsible closer effective and then they brought in diaz and you thought wow that's really overkill and diaz was horrible horrendous yeah he could not get a guy out he couldn't get his grandmother out he couldn't get my mother out now i mean even though she's passed away deceased i mean they literally would put like a dead body in a batter's box there and diaz would uh you know fail to uh, retire that that hitter uh then uh, last year he was okay and uh this year he, he's been dynamite i mean just uh untouchable literally elliot ness and uh, yet, he, he still uh, the Yankees still managed to threaten in, in the bottom uh, top half of the ninth inning yesterday, as uh, they got a couple of guys on base on some you know real uh, sort of questionable stuff. But uh, so they had the tying run come to the plate, but uh, Diaz was able to strike out uh, of the four outs that uh, he was asked to get. Uh, he struck out all four of those guys. He, he's been like that. He's striking out two out of the three hitters. Jesus, that he faces. That's over crazy. the season, with like a ridiculously low in-run average, which, you know, and uh, relievers, uh, closer especially, their in-run average can balloon. Yep. You know, you, you give up three runs in a third of an inning, uh, you know, that translates out to 27 in terms of an ERA, like 27 runs. Yeah. So uh, th- that'll kill you. But, uh, you know, the other thing that, that was noticeable again, and, and every time I watch a baseball game, uh, now I'm really zeroed in on this, Luby, and zero is the key number. These batting averages are horrendous. Yes. I mean, every guy that gets up there, he's hitting. Stan, an all-star, is hitting 228. Now, he wasn't in the game last night. as uh, injured, uh, you know, with uh, what has been, unfortunately for him, a, a very fragile physique, uh, as strong and tough and uh, magnificent as you would think Stan would be as a physical specimen. Uh, wow. I mean, uh, always. Did that be the juice? Nah. I don't know. What do you think? What I- makes you that brittle? Just, uh, you know, too much muscle? I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I 
mean, maybe. He's, these bigger guys, we see get hurt a lot. Judge has been hurt most a lot of his career. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Judge, for some reason, seems like he would be completely clean cut. I, I, I don't know why, but I wouldn't put, put it past Stanton to be on a little bit of the juice there. Just has that kind of appearance. No? I mean, not that he's a smarmy guy or anything. Seems like a decent guy. Uh, who, who was it that had contact with him? Was it... Uh, Somebody was saying they didn't really like Giancarlo Stanton. It was Harvey. Well, Harvey, Harvey doesn't like Stanton. Yeah, he's the one guy that didn't like him. Otherwise, he seems like a very engaging uh, person to me. And yeah, he's fine to me. Always seemed to be doing the right thing. Uh, was always a reasonably positive ambassador for the Marlins, even when they stunk. And then uh, when they got to be fairly decent, uh, of course, we knew what was coming. Whew. Here comes the plug. It's going to be pulled. All right, so uh, that was entertaining last night. And I have another game tonight with Max Scherzer uh, going to the mound. Max Scherzer. Will uh, be on the mound tonight for the Mets, so the Mets fans have to be very much emboldened. Uh, Braves win over the Phillies six three, so that lead in the National League East, uh, as hard fought as that victory was against the Yankees last night, still uh, ends up being only two games. Uh, football training camps, I guess, they're all officially opened as of today, including the Miami yet. Dolphins, who hold their first practice. I saw an interview uh, Jim Barry, a local sportscaster, did here uh, with uh, uh, Mike McDaniel. And, wow, this guy is either going to be the greatest coach that ever (laughs) surfaced in the NFL or, I mean, this is going to be one of the bigger mysteries. I mean, even more uh, outrageously incomprehensible than Adam Gase. Because Gase, I mean, you could see he was a bit of a maniac, and and yet everybody loved him uh, when he was the offensive coordinator for one reason. One reason only, Luby. One reason. You know why Gase was popular? Because Tim Tebow threw a touchdown. Yes. In a playoff game. And they were like, whoa, I mean, if you could get him to do that. Imagine that. I mean, uh, Tim Tebow he throws one touchdown pass. The only other time Tim Tebow looked good as a pro was against the Tony Sperano Red Sea defense that he employed. When uh, <laughs> Tebow came in here with the uh, Broncos and uh, Stephen Ross, in his uh, public relations wisdom, decided to honor the Gator football team, thus honoring a player from the opposition. Yes. Prior to a game uh, with the Dolphins and at halftime. Right, way to go, Steve. And so uh, Tebow, I mean, no, I, I guess he was trying to cash in. Somebody must have said to him, it was uh, Nat hey, Moore. you should I think cash Nat in on this guy's popularity. Nat Moore's yeah. a gator. I think Nat Moore was saying we have a lot of gators down here. The, he's a legendary gator. You know, pay homage to I him. I love that, but that was a mistake if that was him. From what I remember, that's what I think. Because remember, he's one of the higher reps yeah. in a sense. Like, oh, no. He, he or then. I don't think he is anymore, but he was then. So I think it was. How, how I is it? it I mean, him. these guys look so, uh, I mean... All I remember are the dreary-looking faces of the guys in the box with Stephen Ross. And it was like Nat Moore. It was Marino. I mean, it, it has to be hard to, to, to look <laughs> that sad bound. all the time. <laughs> like, were they really that sad? I mean, if you're Dan Marino, are you really that bummed out that the Dolphins are losing a game? Or are you just putting on a face so that Stephen Ross... You know you're on TV. You're enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're with Ross. Like, you can't go, ah, oh, don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> hey, Steve. Who cares? Steve's worth $5 billion now. You already made four. Exactly. And we don't even have to win a game. What, what are you we all down in the mouth about, right? Well, maybe he uh, got the bill for the uh, for the uh, catering that was in the suite, which was always... <laughs> I mean, there's only so much of a price gouge. Where's Pam Bondi when you really need her, who used to be... Is she still in office anywhere? Or I don't she, think so. She went with the Trumpster, didn't she? Yeah, like, I don't took think. a position yeah. in his cabinet or something? Yeah, she was the uh, state controller here. Anytime there was price gouging, there would be Pam Bondi. Yeah, we're not going to get away with this for long. All right, uh, O.J. McDuffie, speaking of the Dolphins, I mean, in celebration of the Dolphins opening up training camp, who better to go to than the man that is behind the Fish Tank podcast and has had 
uh, lengthy discussions with Mike McDaniel and uh, does a great job on that. He's uh, been a tremendous friend of the program and of ours for uh, many, many years since we got to know him when he was a first-round pick of the Miami Dolphins. Everybody was screaming for Kevin Williams. They were. I was there that day. I used to do all of those, uh, you know, draft parties, the 18-hour draft parties at the Dolphin Stadium, Hard Rock Stadium, Luby, and they were all going, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Kevin Williams, a very popular return man. I mean, electrifying return man and a wide receiver, very fleet-footed wide receiver, small guy, but a fleet-footed wide receiver for the Hurricanes in the heyday of Canes football. There, you can still see those balls in the orange bowl coming down in full stride. And there was Kevin Williams underneath it. All those uh, zigzag moves he used to make as he would traverse the field six different times and finally find a lane. And then as if Mike Westhoff was singing, run, Kevin, run. He'd go right down the field there and score a touchdown. I mean, it was great. But uh, fortunately for us, uh, the Dolphins took uh, O.J. McDuffie instead, which uh, was not the most popular pick among the Dolphin fans. And yet he became one of the most popular and uh, likable, lovable Dolphins. I, I think, uh, you know what? You could you say in their history? I mean, is he up there with all of the greats of the greats? Very likable. OJ, oh yeah, Juice as a player, yeah. After that, the seventy-two team, it's I would say Marino, Thomas, Taylor, Juice. I mean, that's literally Very popular, the next yeah. great. And he's four. maintained a presence with the team, which which is really really cool. So, uh, well, we're gonna do it with OJ McDuffie, and then uh, Tony Segreto is gonna go old school with us. Tony must have some training camp memories. We've gone through them, uh, you know, before, but uh, many many times, but. Uh, always interesting because, uh, you know, I, I started envisioning the times that I was out there. Usually my biggest concern was I, I didn't want my shirt to look completely soaked. Well, that's the thing is it's I've never been so hot. In my, and I was in Israel in the desert. I've been yeah. some really I've been in Thailand in the middle of the summer. I've, I've been to ne- Vegas in July. Never been so hot in my life is when you're on that field. For some reason, there's never cloud coverage. Yeah, there's never yeah. anything. And it's like the heat. And they didn't have the inside thing yet. I don't know what it was, but they. Whenever I went, you were outside, and it was the hottest freaking. I remember yeah. getting there after practice because we did the show, and they they were setting up one on ones for for me, but I had to go out there. So I remember racing from the station to get there. Practice was done. Yeah, I'm there a total of like twenty minutes, and by the time I left, <laughs> I was drenched. Oh my God. Yeah, I was there like fifteen twenty minutes. <laughs> Jewish kid from Plantation. You're going to be shifting uh, from every form. <laughs> All right, OJ's coming up in just a sec. Hylia Park, great place to go, man. We love it. I mean, you can't talk enough about it. The good things going on there. Jackpot's being won. Steve Calibro has that casino just humming. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the weekend, which means they're open uh, Friday, Saturday nights till 5 a.m. Right into the uh, wee hours of the morning. They turn right back around and open up at night, which they do every day, till 3 a.m. on a weeknight. So plenty of time to go out there. And have a good time at Hialeah Park. Uh, the slot machines have been humming. Uh, I've been seeing uh, massive amounts of jackpots being won. Over $6 million, I think, paid out uh, in June alone. So they're giving you a good shot to win there. And, of course, they're always giving you an opportunity to have a good time. Great food and drink all over the place. And uh, you have the champion simulcasting room, Toga. Cranks up again today. Uh, it looks very, very attractive to me. Good spot to go. Down there, have a couple of drinks at Brass Rail Bar, get something great to eat, and a punch away on the ponies at the Champion Simulcasting Room. Or if you're a poker guy, if you're like Gabe Kaplan, and uh, you're into this whole thing, I remember Sammy Faha was one of the early stars of the televised. Remember this guy, Sammy Faha? He always had a cigarette dangling from his mouth. And I think back then you were you know, allowed to smoke them in the casinos. Which, uh, well, you still can smoke in, uh, like, Vegas casinos, right? And uh, yeah. Atlantic City, I think, might have become smokeless. It might make you go outside to smoke a cigarette. No, I can't imagine. A lot of these places are, but I don't know Vegas. Yeah. I mean. 
Vegas, no, no. They're smoking their brains out in Vegas. You still have the lady with the, <laughs> exactly. the whole thing is an ash. Yeah. yeah. Lipstick that's not even on her lips. Looks like she hasn't eaten a meal in like three weeks, but she's still playing the slot machines at the circus circus. Uh, anyway, uh, you're going to see a, a, an upscale version, uh, you know, of any casino scene at Hylia Park. I mean, it's really like as beautiful as any that you'll find anywhere in the world. I love it. You'll love it. It's a great destination for entertainment. Beautiful Hylia Park. All right, coming back with O.J. McDuffie in just a minute as we leave you now that. The time. 7.41. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10 and Friday, Saturday and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. We always count on calling uh, O.J. McDuffie anything related to football or social issues. He, he's always brilliant on this. And we welcome him to the show here to help us celebrate O.J. McDuffie. Now, how many uh, U.M. Penn State games were you ever involved in a U.M. Penn State game? Where you uh, Two. We lost both of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we lost both. We lost here. You know, we lost, you know, in this big game, beginning of the year, you know, you know UM could have made that a night game, right? They could have made it a night game. It's early yes. September. But I said they made a noon game. You know, we're coming from Pennsylvania here, and then over the last period they said, today's temperature is 94 degrees. I think we lost. <laughs> oh, <that>. man. <laughs> we lost. <laughs> I think the game was over at that point right there. We knew it was over. <laughs> we almost died, man. We, we probably had a whole team, a whole plane cramped up on the way home. <laughs> the Orange Bowl, too, uh, was like walking on hot coals, was it not? Uh... Uh, it was so hot. And it was the first game we decided we are going to wear. You know what? We're going to wear full jerseys. You know, Penn State's known for those cutoff jerseys. So this is the first game we decided, you know what? We're going to go out these full jerseys. They button at the bottom, you know, like baby clothes, you know what I mean? 
Everybody was cutting that off. Everybody cut all the uniform back off, man. I was back to my half shirt. The hell with that, man. Hey, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. The only way to get your morning started is with Defoe, joined by Luby, right here on The Defoe Show. Welcome back to the show, The uh, Depot Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lewitz here on South Florida Live. It's always a pleasure to welcome the author uh, of those uh, comments uh, to the program here. And as we said, uh, among the most popular Miami Dolphin players and uh, ambassadors for the team of all time, and uh, now a guy doing a great job covering the team and, and making his observations, and always a pleasure to have him on the show. We welcome to the program the great O.J. McDuffie. Juice, how are you, my friend? Good morning. Good morning. What's going on, fellas? Congratulations, opening of camp. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First day of training camp. So uh, I guess question one is related to that <laughs> comment that you made about the heat uh, when you came down to play the Canes in the Orange Bowl. And then you play right. here for you know, 20 years. frozen in April there, <laughs> up there, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, not, not exactly what would you would call tropical paradise there in the state college. Uh, now, I'm a guy, uh, Juice, I, I still like playing ball. I, I mean, I go out there and play tennis whenever I can, and I used to love to do it in the heat of the day. Because uh, and I like to schwitz and sweat as much as I possibly can, and I I am a big sweater in that uh, you know I make Patrick Ewing and Moses Malone look like they were lightweights. <laughs> Michael uh, didn't sweat as much exactly. as I do, and I loved it. But but I always I mean no matter how much I dug playing uh, you know in the heat of the day we'd go out there and play ball at noon. I, I could never imagine how anybody could go out in the summertime here in South Florida outside. With full football gear on and a helmet and all of this stuff, and then go out there and play NFL uh, style football. I mean, uh, what kind was that? The hardest transformation that you made uh, coming into the pros, or was it uh, the fact that uh, all of a sudden everybody ran three nine and they all weighed three hundred pounds? <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, Tory Vincent was the toughest transition I had to make. Having to go kiss his ass every day of practice, <laughs> probably first. You know, those long ass arms. Him and JB Brown made it tough on me, man. But that heat was definitely uh, the twelfth man. That's for damn sure, bro. Uh, I mean, just like you said, coming down from PA and then going out there, and I said all the time, man, it's a different heat. We got guys coming from Arizona and California, you know, all these other places where they call it hot at times, but this is like sweltering out there for us, man. And I tell you, man, what Sue did a great job of, you know, we practice in the time we've been playing games. So it would be 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock for practice, which is what we'd be kicking off at. And so for me, I just try to get out there and stay as hydrated as possible. But also, I always wore long sleeve shirts, you know, and with that helmet, wow. with the full uniform, just to try to keep that sun off me, man. That's the key, keeping the sun off of me, you know. Well, I, I – um... I can't imagine, uh, you know, because I, I do remember, and I used to do these announcements before the uh, games and at halftime at Hard Rock Stadium. And in those September games, I, I remember seeing, like, like, you know, especially the linemen from the Buffalo Bills, they would come in in September. And by the fourth quarter, they, they, they were ready to pass out. I mean, they looked like they were, uh, you know, needing a standing eight count. And I remember I was wearing a pair of shoes while I was standing out there, and, and the they had that, uh, you know, kind of a temperature gauge on the field. And, and it said like 120. And I thought, well, that, that's a ridiculous reading. But my feet, I, it was like I was standing on hot coals. Oh now, now, I wasn't on the grass. Right, uh, right. So I would imagine, you know, right. like, like people have always figured. Huge edge, you know, for the Dolphins yeah. in those spots. 
Yeah, remember we also had that dirt probably at that time of year too out there. So oh, had a oh yeah, of, oh yeah. Yeah, we had we gave them a little bit of rain and kind of probably got a little muddy too. They were looking real sloppy out there, I'm sure, man. But that was always fun as well for those guys. You get that little bit of rain and that heat hits, and then all of a sudden that steam comes up. You know, and that's one thing people think about this. And Luke, we we haven't taken advantage of September down here in a long time. Yeah, you know. Yep, that's that's key right there, man. We gotta we gotta make dudes melt down here. Well, you know that's why yes. the stadium's built the way it is. They've done the sun study, so the teams are the business teams always in the sun. You know the whole game. Oh, and it's brutal. Really, yeah, really brutal. Yeah, that sucks. That We've sat on that side. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, fifty yard line seats. I gave them up. I couldn't <laughs> sit there. No one could sit there. We all ended up downstairs in that little bar underneath. And I'm thinking, why? Why would anybody pay three hundred dollars to sit in, in a bar downstairs where you're getting robbed blind? You know, by the concession prices oh, when you could be at home. I mean, goodness. yeah, it was yeah, too hot sure. though. No, no question. <laughs> All right. A lot of excitement about the team. Luby's got something for you, and then I want to get into uh, if he doesn't uh, touch on this uh, this whole Mike McDaniel thing. But uh, what do you got, Luby? Well, I'll let you do, do McDaniel, but I did want to talk about you. We've heard a lot with Tua and Tyreek Hill, and uh, you, what, what I'll say, it's, you're not really a live tweeter. You're, uh, you guys will comment on the fish tank about, you know, what's going on in general. But to me, I've always found it, you know, as a spectator, especially working with DFO for 12 years now, sort of comical the way camp is covered, especially in the Tannehill days. It was funny. He can't throw the long ball. He would hit one long ball. Oh, my God, he's going to be uh, Dan Marino. Um, what did you as a player and now as a commentator take from camp? Like, what can we, when it comes, especially to Tua, because Tua is under the biggest microscope I've ever seen, Ever, what can you? What what should we take from Tua and Dolphins training camp? Yeah, I think first thing we want to think about is um, you know how much they've, uh, what kind of grass they've got in this new offense. You know, new offense going to be you know some some different. Obviously, Tua has been. I think we did a, on the podcast. We talked about five different OCs in his last Jeez. six years, and, <laughs> you know, counting college as well as the pros. You know, so it's been a. Uh, a learning process over and over and over again for him. So seeing how that offense comes along with Mike McDaniel and, you know, what he brings to the table in terms of offensive, you know, mind, uh, is going to be interesting. So first of all, you go out there and just see if they can, you know, it's always assignment, alignment, and execution. So mm -hmm. if they know their assignment, they align right, line up right, and they go out there and execute it. You know, that's what you want to see first and foremost. You know, I went out to a couple of OTAs and, you know, look, I mean, you're, they're going against top five defense in the, you know, in the league right now. So the defense had their way with it when I was out there. Mm. So I want to see if that changes a little bit over time, whereas they, you know, they win more than, they might not win more than they lose against our defense, but start winning some more of these yeah. matchups against our defense. So if they can go out there performing against our defense, they can go against any defense in the league. So that, that's, that's the biggest part right now is, you know, how, how they progress as a team leading into that first preseason game. You know, and so on and so forth. But I mean, the first few days are rough, and they're going to be a little bit rough. Think about it. Our defense is completely intact. Same yes. defensive coordinator. They're going to show you all different kinds of looks at you. You know, but they're going to be our defense is going to be miles ahead of our offense. So as long as they don't get discouraged going against that defense of ours, uh, they should be fine, man. And then you get the one-on-one -on -one opportunity. You know, they'll show that, which which is the most nerve-wracking thing for me as a rookie, especially. You know, you you remember over St. Thomas, you know, St. Thomas, the fans were like right on the field. So when one-on-one -on -one yeah. came, it was like, it was like all eyes on OJ McDuffie going against 
Torrey Smith, OG McDuffie going, whoever, you know, the wide receiver combination was, and they were brutal out there. So hopefully our guys, you know, our wide receivers, even though they're not going against the whole team, can win some one-on-ones in those, those different periods to give us a little excitement about what our offense can do. And hopefully two will make some big throws during those, those periods. I'm thinking, you know, and, and I'm not inclined to get, uh, you know, uh, over, uh, you know, into hyperbole about a team and, and their prospects. But, uh, I mean, ho- holy Clayton and Duper, you have uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Waddle. On the outside, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. we haven't had that feeling here since 1969, as the song goes. Uh, it, it's been a while. I mean, you can't imagine this, uh, I mean, just being a disaster. Right? So I, I'm thinking it comes together. I, I'm not going to get overly concerned about the preseason because uh, we, we know, uh, I mean, right. Waddle I mean, really blossomed last year into uh, in his rookie season. A uh, guy that you're thinking, wow, this, this guy caught over 100 balls, uh, Juice. Not an easy thing to do yeah. for a team that was staggering in the first half of the year at 1-7. and seven. He was the only guy for most of that year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and Luby, you're right. He was the only consistent guy out there. You know, I think he missed one game um, uh, for some reason. But I think for the most part, you know, I mean, look, over 100 balls in 16 games is the usual normal season. And he was yeah. consistent out there. You know, the other guys, you couldn't, you didn't know who was going to show up. Uh, you know, at the wide receiver group, who wasn't going to be available, you know, especially when it came down to game time. Some of those game time decisions you know, ended up being, you know, scratch, you know, scratching some guys. And uh, Waddle, man, he, he was able to persevere, you know, even with all that stuff going on, a lot of veteran guys that weren't, you know, dressing out every game and stuff. So he was definitely the most consistent guy out there. And now, you know, you bring him into year two with the year under his belt, I mean, I can only imagine what he's going to do with having a guy like Tyreek next to him or Cedric next to him or Gesicki and all these guys that we've got that can go out there and, and run some tandem routes with him, give him more opportunities to, you know, to hone his skill. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I think the biggest thing that, you know, that's going to be good for him is if the Dolphins can, you know, actually run the football one time this year, you know. That would be fun to see. <laughs> I wonder. They do if they do dedicate a safety down in the box, I'd like to see these guys run wild in the secondary. Man. So we'll see. We shall see. Should be fun, yeah. I mean, uh, still always ringing in my ears. Are, uh, Ron St. John was a stadium announcer at the time. Uh, that was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, gain of one. <laughs> and uh, that, that's what we heard for, for the longest period of time. You were around during those days. He was there. Was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, oh, yeah. gain oh, of yeah. one. <laughs> Oh, Jay's yeah, out there uh, battling three guys as a decoy. <laughs> exactly. It, it was ugly. Right, uh, I saw your conversation with Mike McDaniel. I saw McDaniel on TV last night being interviewed by uh, Jim Barry of uh, CBS4. Uh, they had, I guess, pieces of an interview they're going to play in its entirety later on. Uh, this guy's a different cat. I mean, it's not like you're talking to Dan Campbell about the team. So, um, right. I mean, I, I'm thinking, you know, and I like the strange guy. I, I thought Coco Cameron might even have had a shot until he really got strange. But when he was sitting in the <laughs> stands in the first uh, preseason game, saying, ah, right, right, right. Yeah, what the hell was that? But, uh, first time I don't think it you first time you didn't tell him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not this bizarre, but I mean, and he has, uh, you know, I think for some reason, I believe I've seen. You know, uh, in kind of an X's and O's fashion, some of his uh, innovative ideas, because uh, I was watching some illustrations of some running plays that were done by the 49ers. And if that was McDaniel, mm-hmm. wow, he's got a little bit of a different concept. It's hard to come up with something new in, in football, which, you know, people like to overcomplicate. But, you know, there's, you know, a simplified, uh, you know, way to, 
to move the ball. And that is, uh, you know, you, you have to run it well, like you said. And, and this guy seemed to have some good schemes to go with modern day defensive techniques. But um, what do you make of him? I mean, uh, what's your impression yeah. and, and, and what's your gut feeling, O.J. McDuffie, about how he'll perform as a head coach on the field in his first year? Yeah, well, you know, you look at the whole Shanahan tree of coaches and both both Shanahan as well as, you know, everybody's come out of there. You know, they've all, no matter what, the offensive line has always been pretty good, it seems like, and they've always been any running back back there having a big, big season. So, you know, that's always encouraging to see that that's, you know, an emphasis from them. This whole offensive staff is made up of a lot of guys that have O-line coaching experience. Uh, and I always feel like, you know, you can't, we, there's no way that we miss on all those draft picks and, you know, on the offensive line. So I think that what he brings is an opportunity for these guys to be way more successful with a, with a scheme that's based off more of quickness and angles and, you know, reaching and zone blocking on the run game and looking for alleys for guys to run. So I, I just love his approach in general, you know, for one, the emphasis on the run, but two, his positivity when it comes to players that seem to make mistakes or mess up, what's going to happen you know, positive reinforcement, whereas, you know, we're used to getting uh, our butts chewed by every coach yeah. in staff, all the way from your position coach to your OC to your head coach at times, you go out there and mess up. I think his philosophy is going to work out a lot better, especially with these younger, these millennial kids that, you know, aren't used to getting a little tongue lashing like we used to get. Uh, so I think uh, his approach is great, man. And what I do love about him a lot is that how he relates to his players, man. You know, he's got a little swag with his gear. You know, he loves the music they listen to. He can kind of relate to them because it's kind of their age for some of them, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my biggest thing, what I was worried about was whether he could, you know, lay the hammer down if something were to go bad. You know, if somebody got in trouble, God forbid, uh, would he be able to go out there and, and handle that business as well? I think he can. So the fact that he's got a veteran staff as well and you know, what he brings to the table in terms of, uh, you know, how he relates to the guys. I'm excited, man. You know, I get excited all the time about this team because I'm a homeowner, <laughs> as we all know. Um, but at the same time, though, it's just a different feeling, man. You you see it whenever, a, you know, a, head coach, a new head coach comes in. We've had a bunch of them. seems like there's a yeah. revamp of everything. You know, I think the fact that he kept the whole defense intact, kept some key players on offense, brought in some guys in free agency, uh, you know, his offensive genes. I think it's just a different feeling and different positive feeling about What's to come with this with this guy and uh, and this team this year? OJ McDuffie with us here on the show. Alumio uh, and something else here. Yeah, one more. I just want to. So you brought up Tyreek Hill, and uh, to me, the biggest splash was Taron Armstead because I've been waiting for them to get an offensive lineman since Richmond Webb, but or Jake Long even. But the big one for most people around the NFL was Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill, look, as a receiver, you have to be confident and to the point of cockiness at times. And the fact that he's backing his quarterback, like you just said, positive reinforcement, Tua really hasn't had it, so I appreciate it. I do think it's funny that people are saying it's adding more pressure. To me, Tua already had the pressure. I think you would rather the pressure and the talent instead of the pressure without the talent. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tyreek Hill backing his quarterback to that extent? Good, bad, and different. What do you think it means? Oh, and is, What are your thoughts when you keep hearing Tyreek Hill defend yeah. uh, Tua to that degree? Yeah, he better keep defending him. Man. He wants to rock, right? You, ah. better, you know, you better defend him. Yeah. He better bring him donuts and breakfast and lunch. You know, if he wants something for dinner, you know what I mean? If he forgets something in the yeah. locker room, Tyreek better run back in there and grab it for him, you know, or send one of those young guys in there. But no, I think it's just important, man. I mean, come on. I mean, you, you won't hear anybody bashing their teammates no matter what. 
man. You always want to help miss you guys, man. And honestly, with Tyreek as fans, probably kind of accurate. You know, it's more about an accuracy thing than anything mm-hmm. else that he said about him and Mahomes. And maybe that's true. We don't know. I've never caught a pass from either one of those guys. You know, so he would he would know better than most guys would. And so I, I, I love the fact that you got a guy that's going to bat for his, for his quarterback and a bunch of other guys. And I've heard it from other guys on the team. They that bat to us. You know, and we give we give them, you know, crap because, you know, we're looking for wins and big wins. And, and that's all that really matters to most fans. But, you know, I like the guys that have, you know, caught a thousand balls from him, you know, and go out there and talk about his accuracy and have his back. And I think, too, is a guy that needs stuff like that. You know, I think that's why McDaniel's, McDaniel's approach to him is that way as well. You know, you if you're a coach, and most coaches know this, you know, that you got to treat everybody different. Jimmy Johnson was one of the guys, what, I hate saying his name, but he's one of those guys that used to, you know, to say that, you know. You coach people differently. You know, you yell at this guy, you get the best out. You yell at that guy, he's going to go in the dump or in the tank, you know. Uh, so I think Tyreek is a guy that's, you know, working a little psychology as well, yep. uh, as well as Coach McDaniel about, you know, here's what, here's what keeps Tua positive and what, how we get the best out of Tua. And so hopefully it works. If not, then we got to get back to Tua's ass. Yeah, the fans are tired of these mealy-mouthed uh, players, you know, whether they've been uh, exactly. uh, by by a right. coaching right. staff that doesn't want them saying anything. Uh, you know, here's, right. you know right. if he's expressing confidence. <laughs> you know, when I was watching him yesterday, uh, he was also uh, on the same news clip with Jim Barry, and uh, I'm thinking, well, I, I like this. You, you know what? It's about time we had a guy that just said, yeah, we can do it, man. You know, we're, we're, yeah. not, we're not out here worried about the Buffalo Bills. We're, we're good. And, uh, right. you know, I, I think, I think uh, you know, that, that's, that's a good element to have, uh, you know, somewhere on the roster. Unless, of course, it's just a campaign to keep Waddle from catching any passes here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, uh... Right? Waddle I mean, like you said, O.J., I, mean, I don't know, know if you ever did any there, campaigning like that. Well, all I did with Danny with, man, was just trying to get over the Penn State thing, man. And once I got over that, we were good, bro. You know I mean, <laughs> it, was, it took a little time, though. Yeah, I tried to let him know. I said, bro, we're not, yo, we're not in college anymore, man. Get over that stuff, man. We're good. Let's go. We're on the same team now. Throw me the damn ball, man. (laughs) Well, when you started pulling those balls away from four defenders, uh, you know, on fourth and 15 uh, for 17 yards, and then I would imagine they won uh, Marino's confidence, uh, you know, very much as well. Juice, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, Have a good time out there. I mean, uh, put some sunscreen on. Stay cool. uh, Make sure you wear a hat, you know, because it's it's going to be a heater. And um, enjoy sure. uh, the uh, practice session, and, and, and we'll watch for your work. And, of course, hope to have you on the show again real soon. Thanks for having me, Phil. I always appreciate it. All right, Juice, you're the best. Thanks, man. O.J. McDuffie, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're going old school. You want to go uh, old school right away here with uh, Tony Segreto? Or, uh, no, no, no. We'll we're going to break. In just yeah, a moment. No, yeah, Plug him in? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Uh, we have uh, Tony Segreto going to be with us till 9 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to have Tony pick a hand. And I uh, get one of two things here that I'm going to send his way. So uh, I'll do that in just a second. <laughs> I could save a buck. Why not? You're not saving anything. Pay that man his money. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't it have really it here. <laughs> but I would have it here if I could. He's got the goon on the side. Exactly. To, uh, you know, it's so funny. It's funny you say that because when Tony brings it up, you laugh. And I'm like, he's Italian. And he has this weird smirk on his face every time he does it. I'm like, I wouldn't mess with him in money. Like, he's a sweet uh, guy. Tony, but you're getting into any evil triggering. He wouldn't. Of, uh, you know. But that doesn't mean 
You know, there Family aren't violence. The way he dabbles with gambling Talks about his parents Oh yeah, they lived at the track It's like, okay There's something there L- Listen, after having uh, Vito chasing my tail there For about <laughs> three years With Eddie <laughs> I'm just telling you Talk about a monster. You know I mean? Thank God he had a little bit, very slight sense of humor. But when they stop laughing at your jokes and exactly. give you that look, exactly. it's like, uh, I don't have your money. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tony's going to join us here. We'll go to the little school. And I uh, hope he's not thinking along those lines. He's too good of a guy. What are you talking about? He's a very charitable guy. He is. He is. But yeah. I'm just saying, let's keep it that way. Let's keep, let's keep it that way. Oh, you always want Tony on your good side. <laughs> I mean, come on. He wants to irritate Tony Segreto. I mean, he, he's a hard guy. To get to the point where he doesn't like you, he likes people. He does. That's one of the good things about him. He genuinely likes people. He does. All right, back with Tony Segreto, All School, brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse, two places we really like. And that's coming up in a moment here on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, back in a moment. Now that. The time. Better not be mad. It's 8.05. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes, really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you- what we're going to do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. We are now kicking it old school with the one and only Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. Tell me, doctor, where are we All right, we certainly don't want this gentleman uh, sicking members of the New Jersey <laughs> crime family on us here. <laughs> and this is great because though we did receive a uh, payment, uh, which I'm more than happy to send out to uh, Tony Segreto here. Uh, but uh, I'm going to do it this way, uh, Tony. because I know it's been a concern of yours. Uh, I have in my hand two things. I have... My losing mega Powerball, mega millions ticket from last night. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple of numbers on one line. I did have the mega number. I understand uh, Julian uh, clued us in. There were $8 million winners, but nobody won the $830 right. million. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a billion dollars. A billion okay. dollars. And I have a stamped envelope here with your name and address on it. 
But with uh, but will the, it will it June actually, payments inside? Yes. Will it actually go into the mailbox? It's going on the mailbox. I'm clipping it on there right after the show, and the so guy picks will, it up around I will, noon. I, I will tell you a quick story. You know, yeah. I heard I heard kind of the intro. Good morning, Luby. I, I, you got a haircut. I did. Thank you, sir. I did get a haircut. Yes. More no, than, he, he literally. I mean, I don't know if you can one. say this anymore. You got scalped. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot. Yeah. Were you aware of the, Native were Americans? You, were you aware of what the barber was doing? Yes. We try and keep it short and clean now whenever I get a cut. Well, been a long yeah, time. and the heat, too. So anyway, I... I yeah, you wonder, um, did they hold up a mirror in the back when, when they finished that haircut, yeah, uh, Tony? Yes. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that looks yeah, good. Yeah. Well, you're looking at the front, you're horrified. What you know? am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to say at this point? Uh, the, uh, uh, when I first met Roseanne, my wife, for yeah. going on 32 years now. Wow, very lovely children, lady yeah. also. Oh, yeah, really man, I am... Outkicked your coverage. I way outkicked my coverage. And uh, she's from outside of Detroit, Sicilian family. All right. Tough her neighborhood. Mate, yeah. And her father, God rest his soul, her brothers now own it. Her father was the only non-union cement guy. Ah, oh, great. Owned a cement company <laughs> outside of Detroit. Very his name is his, his, my father-in-law's name was Salvatore Latore. Exactly. Oh, okay. There you go. So, Big so. Sal. Uh, Louis might not be onto something. Big Sal. Uh, you still know people in Detroit. I, I don't want them coming after me from Detroit. It was, it was one thing having these guys from the Bronx, you know, that were chasing our tail there for a while. And Louis met these two uh, gentlemen who, uh, you know, I mean, for some people, uh, you know, I happen to like them both, actually. But, uh, you know, some people were happy when they checked out. Let, let's put it that way. Although there's always somebody that makes the call right after that and says, uh, you know what? You still owe me now, and the juice is still on. Exactly. And you're like, well, who the hell are you? <laughs> but you're not going to argue. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've dealt with this in reality, Tony. So here's my proposition, Tony. I have my losing lottery ticket in one hand, your check in the other hand, which I'm going to mail out today. I'm going to shuffle them, okay? And uh, are you willing to go with the proposition of pick a hand? No. Or which one you get? I'm telling you, no. What? What, what, what am I? What, what do I look like? A, you know, a mama. Well, let's just see if you would have gotten the right one. I mean, yeah, just, uh, if we no, were no playing this game, or, uh, no, no, what, what, no. Which which way are you going? Are you going Tony Larusso? You're going to make a righty lefty switch. What do you? What do you? Think? <laughs> You're a piece of work. I could say le- I can. H- how trustworthy are you? I could say left, and you switch. No, no, I, I, I right have it already in my hands. You you could see you could see which way I'd be moving these things. Okay. How does what is the wind? So you know. Here, here, my arms are out to the side here, so everybody can see. What's he gets the money on. he's owed, or he loses. <laughs> yeah. What's the point? Left or right? Let's, let's left or right? On. I thought left or right. You bring it in the righty or the lefty? Uh, bringing in the lefty. Oh Jesus! Lottery ticket. Uh, yes, yeah. You got it. Give him his uh, money. Now, if it was a winner, I'd, I'd be happy. No, I'll send this out today. Tom. Exactly. I, just, I wanted to All let right. you know. All right. Good morning, right. How you feeling? everybody. You good? I'm feeling fantastic. Forty-eight yep. degrees here when I woke 48? up at six, at oh my six a.m. God. Yep. Yep. It's eighty-four I, here, and it's only uh, like seven a.m. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> the, the heat is. Uh, uh, I, I keep thinking of you know. I was hearing you guys talking to to. Uh, OJ about training camp and I, it, the, it's so hot. I remember going to those training camps and Jeff, I know you do too. My oh, yeah. goodness I gracious, to. those guys, what they went through and, and the whole idea, the whole idea was, uh, you know, get, get these guys in shape now. And, and I remember what during Shula's just heydays, he loved having teams come in 
and not being able to handle the heat. I mean, yeah. just, but you could tell him in the fourth quarter, just wore him down. And he demanded those one o'clock games. And, and that just, uh, those four o'clock games, Shula would go absolutely nuts over. No, I want him at <laughs> one. I, I want him when the yeah. heat is on, man. I want it hot. And, what was, and, uh, what was uh, Tom Coughlin thinking when he uh, decided he took over the Jaguars, which, you know, it's yeah. a little bit more modest uh, tempered. Uh, wise uh, temperature wise than it is here, but not much. And uh, you know, he decided they shouldn't have water during practice. I mean, yeah. th- this was really old school mentality. Some of this stuff about like the hotter the better, and uh, let's stay out here all day because it's uh, you know a hundred degrees. Yeah, it just made no sense. And you know, I I, re- I loved uh, you know, coaches have all always um, you know I, I want to be in there at four a.m. I'm not going to leave in, until ten p.m. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to sleep here, and that's the way it is. And I remember when Jimmy came in, Jimmy goes, listen, this is a business. This is my job. Here's what I need to accomplish today. I'm going to start it at this time of day, and I should be able to get it done by this time of day. And when when we're done, we're done for the day. You know, I love that kind of approach. And, like, I can, we can do it in the time allotted without taking stress way beyond people. And to to OJ's point, you know, uh, Jimmy had the saying that you treat you treat all the players the same, but differently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, he told and us OJ that. Alluded, alluded to that. And the same was they all had team. The idea was the team rules are the team rules, but every player, you know, are you going to, was he going to treat Troy Aikman the same way he was going to treat Joe bag of donuts? I don't No, 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 He admitted to it. No, Jimmy uh, was yeah, famous yeah. for making some brutal cut. Like, yeah. uh, and I'm thinking maybe, uh, you know, when OJ was talking about McDaniel, can he lay down the, the iron when he has to, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking, does he make some just brutal, inexplicable cut right at the beginning of training camp for some guy that maybe dozes off for half a second and he cuts like a starter? Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Just to that show, wouldn't be hey. beyond Jimmy. Yeah. No, but I'm talking, you know, and, and Jimmy would do that, but he would take yeah. a guy that was totally unimportant and inconsequential to the team and cut him. <laughs> Although, uh, you know, I mean, but, but every now and then he would shock everybody, you know, just uh, with the swiftness to, and you know, the, the harsh reality that, you know what, you do the wrong thing, you could be out of here. Yeah. And and I guess, you know, that, that kept people in line. But uh, McDaniel that really has, I mean, uh, you know, for, from everything I've seen, a, a completely different sort of soft but uh, existential approach, right? Like you could see this guy, you know, reading Nietzsche more than you can a play. Yeah, well, you know, Jimmy Jimmy was a psychology major, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, in college. And, yeah, you know, he, was, he, yes. he was all about the psycho being. But very rah-rah in like, his approach. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, really yeah. was a cheerleader type. He knew type. when to turn it yeah, on yeah, and turn yeah. it off. You know, he was the one who first brought to the University of Miami when, when people would go about road trips. He goes, this is a business trip. Yeah, we are and the Jimmy Clamp was always there, you know. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. We are always on had a, that thing yeah. going. Yeah, we're on a business trip. We're going to treat it like <laughs> a business trip. We're going to go in. We're going to go out. We're going to walk on the plane. We're going to get off the plane and look like class. You know, in and out. We're 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 not well. The fatigues worry. thing. I mean, would uh, be well. He wasn't. But that wasn't him. That. Yeah. that wasn't him. He wasn't on yeah. the plane. That was them. He was not on that plane. He was. He went up at a different time. That was whose idea was that? Man? Yeah. I mean, uh, Jerome Brown. Yeah. John Brown, that's what I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah, that was, I was there. Were you wearing there. fatigues, Tony, when you, when you came off on the team plane also? Right? That would be kind of funny. Because, no. you know, the announcers trying to ingratiate themselves a little bit into uh, the minds of the That'd players. Be great, Tony. No, no, no. I was at the dinner, though. I was at the dinner where everybody walked oh out. My God. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. was that dinner? Was it Was it good food, at I, least? Uh, it was, a, it was, it, 
It was an Arizona barbecue. How bad could yeah. it be? I mean, right. my gosh, I mean, you know, would be inclined how, to walk out. Yeah, how bad could it be? So, but but I thought you know Jimmy's approach was 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 much different. It's very it's very similar to McDaniel's. He was just a different kind of coach, you know. Yeah. Um, first of all, when when Sam hired Jimmy, no, everyone was going like, "What the heck are you doing?" This guy's from Oklahoma. I remember State. That, no a lot of negativity. Him. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was awful. And then you know, th- then the mere fact that he was forced to keep all of Howard's uh, coaches was difficult. And it, when when you parallel. When bring McDaniel on, I mean, people are going, who is this guy? Well, we know he's a coordinator. We know he's uh, been an assistant for years. But does he have the juice? Does he have what it takes to become a head coach? And and right now, you have to say, hey, I love what this guy's doing. Now, now, can can we take that we love what he's doing now? And how do you manage a game? Okay, Jimmy and Don had that amazing ability to manage a game, a full game. Everything's flying at you. How many times have you heard coaches tell you, wow, when you make that step up from assistant to head coach, you may think you're ready, but man, that first game, you you find out how ready you really are because things are just, you know, flying at you so fast and you have to make decisions like your your head's on a swivel. It's incredible. So can we can we fit it? Can he put in that, put himself in that position? We'll see. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, it'll be a lot of fun uh, watching this guy. Uh, yeah. Hopefully have it right from the beginning, yeah. but, uh, you know, yeah. uh, maybe evolve from a decent level uh, of uh, head coach uh, competency uh, yeah. to, to being really, really good. Uh, all right. I mean, nobody would have walked out on the dinner, uh, regardless of what the circumstances were, if that, uh, you know, barbecue was being held or they were getting some ribs. <laughs> At a Texas Roadhouse, Tony. And, That's right. Uh, we welcome to the show, uh, Juan, and he's kind of pinch hitting in here, uh, you know. And, and uh, our good man Ed Garcia is still like world traveling and well deserved, probably scouting new locations in, in, <laughs> in Italy and Greece and France, because uh, these restaurants would be successful anywhere. So, uh, from the Coconut Creek location, uh, we have Juan, the managing partner, joining us here on behalf of Texas Roadhouse. And uh, Juan, welcome back to the show. Uh, good to have you on. You're back by popular demand, my friend. I think he's on mute here, but we can't yeah, hear you, Juan. We don't have Juan's uh, audio uh, coming in uh, after that uh, big intro, so uh, <laughs> that's on him, man. I don't, gotta I don't know. Hit, hit a button. Somebody hit a button. Juan, are you with us? Oh, yeah. that's, no, that's not working. No, Juan. All right, we'll see if uh, we can regroup there uh, with Juan. But uh, we were talking about Texas Roadhouse and. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a phenomenal thing. And, and, you know, we do the restaurant show at Mike Mayo every day. And a lot of the talk in the industry, and, and it makes perfect sense, is, you know, inflation, right? You go to the grocery store, yeah. you're socked, I mean, uh, for a ridiculous amount of money. And somehow Texas Roadhouse has been able to fight this off and, and deliver, like, high-quality product at, at the same low prices they've had forever. Uh, one, uh, we'll take, uh, take two on this. Uh, welcome to the show. Nope. Yeah, not I'm going to give you a call, Juan. We're going to try it on the phone. I'll give you a call. Okay, we're going to try it okay. on the phone here. And, uh, you know, you know we'll Defoe, yeah. Defoe, you're so right. I think that's what's so critical about this. You know, how can you, how can you maintain your prices at a time when everything is going up and not just maintain your prices, but maintain the quality of your food yeah. and maintain the quality of your service? I mean, they're, they don't have, you don't hear Texas Roadhouse complaining about staffing. You don't hear Texas Roadhouse com- complaining about inflation. You don't hear a peep out of them about, you know, not having enough customers. They're they're overwhelmed. 
yeah. and they love being overwhelmed and they love having lines outside. You know, Yogi Yogi Bear is all saying people don't go there because it's always too crowded. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Texas Roadhouse is that way. There's not a time you don't go to a Texas or drive by a Texas Roadhouse where you don't see a line. They must be doing something right. And that right is their prices are amazing. Their food is consistently good. And I mean consistently good from great steaks to great ribs to great to great fish. If you're not a meat meat eater, their fish is incredible. Whether it's their trout, whether it's their salmon, chicken dishes are great. If if you love burgers, this place has got the best burger. I am telling you, it's incredible. You can get those sides, any kind of side you want, and you get that special roll. You could you could ask them to put the bet the burger on the rolls. I, I know you've stolen some rolls from there, Tony. I know I know you've had uh, hey, you know, listen, your lovely wife you put know- them in the purse. You know uh, we have Juan, by the way, uh, with us. Uh, we, we managed to make this connection by phone. We don't have him on the video. So uh, let's welcome Juan into the show uh, from the uh, Coconut Creek location, managing partner, Texas Roadhouse. Luby's favorite location, by the way. Uh, Juan, how are you, my friend? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, you guys hear me okay? Sound great, sir. Yes. Yeah, now we, yes, now we got you. Yeah. Hey, hey, Juan, I don't know what happened, but I, I, don't know if you could, I don't know if you could hear us, but uh, what is it? How is it that Texas Roadhouse has been able to, to maintain its unbelievable prices with the unbelievable service and food levels, not suffering at all, not one bit. How is it that you guys pulled this off? Um, honestly, I really um, have to thank uh, our guests. Um, one is um, what we have to offer, I, you know, during COVID, you know, during to go, um, you know, we had lines of people that wanted uh, the business and they came and supported us. So I really, uh, have to thank our guests for that. Um, it, it's what keeps our value down. Um, you know, when we have the amount of guests that we have, we have we still keep our value and we have great service and legendary food, and that's how that's how we've managed. Um, and I do definitely think I have to thank the guests for that. One of the things I was talking about before we got you on the phone was that you know we're obviously you're known for your ribs and your steaks, and we were talking about how great your burgers are and how great your fish is that people may not think about. When they go to Texas Roadhouse, can you kind of weigh in on both of those things real quick for us? I'll be honest with you. I, you're absolutely right. It's um, our ribs. You know, it's a process. It's a three-day process from uh, cooking to start. Um, it's fall off the bone. Um, like you said, our burgers are, are amazing. Um, you know, it's a great value on our burgers. Ten dollars for a burger. You can't. You can't beat that. Um, and, and you know, it's a half a pound of a burger. It's a great size. You know, our chicken is um, never frozen, always uh, fresh. So, you know, I, you know, everything that we make in, in, in the restaurant is, is from scratch. So uh, I'll tell you, we make our, from every dressing to to a salad, um, you know, that's, that's what makes us stand out from uh, other restaurants is that we make everything in-house. So that's what makes us um, amazing. Yeah, you guys are great. Absolutely fantastic. Juan Arango, thank you for joining us. We love having you on. Uh, I tell you what, you keep doing a great job like this. We're going to tell Ed, well, listen, we have somebody who's around. Thank you for Man, joining Juan, us. Thank you. Hey, you you know your you, you know how much you love the bye bye, Juan. You know you, you you know how much you love the roles when when yeah. You know, it's one day, you know, I forget when it was recently, you go, you know, it's time to clean out the freezer. 
and in the back of the freezer, you forgot there was still one roll left. Wow. <laughs> Stuck it in the microwave? And you go, let's see if this is still good, shall we? Yeah. You know, it has, uh, I mean, uh, preservatives and, uh, you know, all of life conquered uh, as a substance is the English muffin. Because yeah. uh, I found English muffins, you know how you, you sometimes you forget about what's in, like, the secondary freezer. You might have, like, a freezer yeah. in your garage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, you haven't even been out there for, like, 10 years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you decide you're going to, you know, dump that freezer and you look inside to see what's in it. And there's, like, a thing of English muffins that looks like it was underneath a glacier uh, <laughs> and discovered by, you know, people that were in the Arctic Sir exploring. Francis Bacon. <laughs> and so what do you do? You uh, you know throw it in a microwave for a little while and then you toss it in a toaster oven and it's fine. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, listen. I gotta. Sh- Did you see this? The note? English muffin. Yeah. Did you see this note we just got from Jim Sarney? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. Tony, uh, you, you're an honest guy, though. People think because because you know you you tend to be very excited about the bread there that that this is some sort of uh, commercial exaggeration because you know we're, we're paid spokespeople for Texas Roadhouse, <laughs> but. Uh, you, you don't mess around with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not like what. Steve Garvey selling that weight loss substance that I was hawking. Yeah, really, really. Myself, well, let, you know. let's, let's just share, share this with people because we can't tease them and not tell us. Yeah. Jim Sarney, hey, a dear friend, great writer, great writer for, for the Sun Sentinel. Uh, I, I, he goes, I was talking to my server friend at a Twin Peaks. What are you doing at Twin Peaks? He loves Twin Peaks. He, 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 he loves sports all day. You live he in, loves uh, them. They're going to eventually sponsor in, us because of Jim Sarney's uh, patronage. Yeah. yeah, you live in Coconut <laughs> Creek. He, he goes to the server. You live in Coconut Creek. You ever go to Texas Roadhouse? The answer, she starts raving about the damn bread. I love it. I, I, I no, love I'm it. I'm telling you, man. I, I could see you poaching a few of those rolls, and for good reason. Well, I, I mean, you know, yeah. there's a, there, real quick, there's a woman here in Vermont, and she specializes in making remarkable English muffins. I am going oh, yeah. wow. as soon English as muffins? I, I've never okay. As soon as you get this check, man, oh, cash it at the local I, bank. When there. I get the when I get finally get this check, I'm gonna take some <laughs> of these English muffins and send them to you. Nice. Here it is. I mean uh, you picked the wrong hand, but I'm gonna send it out anyway. <laughs> and uh it's a work. <laughs> no, that'll be great. I mean uh freeze it uh, and say hello to my uh, friend uh, Jerry Greenfield uh, up there who uh is part of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah and um uh, yeah, he he went to my high school. I didn't, oh, I didn't did know he? him then. Yeah, I tell you we, what, man, the, the, he was like least likely to succeed. Right? It's a big <laughs> argument right now, business this wise. Is, so. This is the ice cream state. I, it's it's re, it is remarkable. Sunday, I was in this little town, and they have a Ben and Jerry's um, ice cream. You know, like a like yeah. an outdoor out outdoor uh, type of ice cream setup. The line was amazing, but then two miles away from there. Uh, maple creamies in in Vermont are huge in the summer. It's soft served ice cream, yeah. maple maple flavor. Could not, I mean, 35, 40 people deep. It is just r- remarkable, remarkable state for ice cream. It is, it is. Impre- if you if you don't love ice cream in this state, then you're not alive. There's no pulse. <laughs> so I know it's uh, 48 degrees, but I would imagine the uh, ski lifts are, are you know kind of quiet right now. <laughs> In Vermont, but have you seen any Red Sox fans going up to like the oh, highest I point there and, and thinking about diving? Twenty eight's the magic number. Uh, oh, like a magic <laughs> they fall in the last I, place. I, I, I mean, I, I mean I, where the hell? That they're, they're I, horrible. In fact, I'm, I you know I have, a, I have a I have a call today with the chief marketing officer of the, of the Red Sox about something, 
and uh, interested to get kind of get his take on what's you going on. You may not want to wear that hat. History, it is, it is, <laughs> yeah, it is remarkable. I'm surprised some uh, hunter didn't shoot that. Yeah, on you may not hat. want to wear that hat. My well, friend. it was really <laughs> funny. I was at a grocery store the other Thinking day. Thinking you were an elk. I was at a grocery <laughs> store the other day, and I had two items in my hand. Right, I just had. I think I had eggs, whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm behind a gentleman who has a basket full of groceries. And he looks at me and he goes, "Is that all you have?" And I go, "Yeah." He says, "Come yeah. on, you can get ahead of me." And I go, "Thank you." He goes, "Yeah, despite the fact that you're wearing a Yankee hat." Yeah. <laughs> you're real gracious out there. That, that's a good thing. Don't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, seem overwhelmingly divisive in Vermont. No, that's great. Uh, all right, yeah. more uh, with Tony Segreto. We have a lot to talk about here. And uh, there was a Yankee game. I don't know. Do, do they have TV up there? Did they get the Yankee game? On, do they uh, have TV? Because it was on uh, TBS. Bob <laughs> Costa. Yep. Costas was doing a game. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, I, I really did. He is brilliant. His, yeah. I love I love listening to TV games. Yeah, no, it was nice. It was a pleasure to hear a baseball game called in his fashion. And uh, I, I would have to say I'm more inclined to root for the Mets in this spot. Uh, you know, I, I was a Yankee fan growing up. And, and then in 1962, I decided to, uh, you know, put my allegiance behind the Mets, even though they were horrible. It was just a fun thing. Yeah. We didn't care that they lost like every game. It was even more comical if they got trounced. And then they sort of they started to put some components together to get good. And by, you know, 69, seven years later, Miracle Mets. I mean, it couldn't have been any more enjoyable. And, and that was kind of my last year, really, uh, in, in New York. But uh, it, it was, uh, you know, uh, interesting to watch this thing last night. Because, uh, I mean, and there were eight pages, Tony, I, I was showing to people yesterday in the New York Post about this game. A regular season game. And, yeah. and we, we just don't have that. We don't have that kind of vibe here in uh, South Florida, that's for sure. Now, now you get it in New England, but uh, even when the Sox are out of it, I would imagine they still retain interest. Up there. Oh, my gosh. It is it is incredible. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. But people love the sport. They love their obviously love their teams, but they love the sport. And, yeah. and I mean, listen, w- what are we all gunned up for? We're all gunned up for training camp. Oh, training yeah. camp, yes. training camp, oh, yeah, training camp, sure. training camp. People Listen, are shaking, uh, you know. They're, uh, not even, they're not even talking training camp up here yet. They're oh, not even fine. approaching yeah. training camp. We're still well, Tommy's gone, season. you know. But that, even that, then, Red well, Sox baseball. Yeah, but even then. It, it listen. It, there's always that sense of we can make it back. We can yeah, make yeah. it back. Even we, we're 20 games back. We've done it before. You know, we got to do start. We just got to knock off one here. And right. We got to win more than we lose. All this stuff. They're just all into it. And, and you know, it's 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 interesting. It's just a fascinating dynamic. Um, you know, I'm excited. I'm going to New York to see my my daughter this weekend, and and um, you know, she's immersed. Obviously, you know, she's working Sunday night football, so they're you know oh, they got cool. a game. They have a game on Friday night, August fourth. Is that Friday? Next Friday? Is that the Hall of Fame game? Yeah. yeah. Next Thursday, the Hall of Fame game is Thursday. That's the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, probably not. No, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably not. not. What are you out of your mind? Who would bet the Hall of Fame game? <laughs> probably not. But but uh, but, under, but, I take you, the under in the Hall yeah, of Fame. But game. but it's interesting because she all during the day, all day she's <clears throat> you know football, football, football because you know they're obviously they got the game and they have the game yeah. of the week. And as soon as she get, as soon as she's home, she's on the. We're on the phone. She's going. Are you watching the Yankees Mets? She said, "This town's in, in nuts, crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, New York is already crazy over this. Like you said, eight pages in the. And it's just eight it's pages just, of the uh, sports. Yeah, section. it's just. A, we're we're it's dedicated just, to the preview of the series. Yeah, it's just a feeling. Uh, it's it just an absolute feeling. It's about pride. You think the Yankees need to like? Yeah, you know, they're going in. They're going. We got what seven, fifteen game lead. We're like. 
Okay, but this is New York. Yeah, we got everybody here. Got Mayor's the, Trophy game. I, yeah, I grew up with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you're, people really cared about it like they used to care about the result of the All-Star game. Yeah. Uh, this is good regular season stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Mets find themselves uh, in a situation where, you know, they're in far less of a uh, beneficial position right. uh, with the Braves just, just tracking in behind them and with a track record of having won the World Series last year after knocking on the door for a couple of seasons. So the Braves are very much where the Mets would like to be. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's easier to be trailing. Uh, so that, that was a big win for him last night. Uh, yeah, it was. It, it was very, win. very impressive. Uh, interesting game to watch. Yankees had a lot of chances. They squandered. Uh, but uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun. I was hoping you were you were tuned into this thing. Oh, are you uh, kidding me? How could I not be tuned into this yeah. thing? The, the You know what it is? I get a sense with the Yankees when you look at them. They, they have right now. As if they have this ability to turn it on and turn it off. I, I, I swear to you, I, I don't know how they do it. But good God almighty, they just they just have this they have this sense. I mean, even <clears throat> I heard them, you know, they were talking about last night. You, you, you never can rest. You've got to score as many runs as you can because they're just gonna, they're just going to have one anyway. They're just going to yeah. unload. You know, they're just going to have to unload. It was a big uh, issue there. Constance was making uh, – uh, uh, Rizzo swung on a 3-0 pitch yeah, uh, yeah. with bases loaded, and, yeah. and he nearly hit it out of the park. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of that. I mean, uh, you know, and they were saying, oh, geez, you know, he should have been taken all the way. This guy couldn't find a plate with a search. Not when mark. you're a guy like Rizzo who's swinging a bat like that. I mean, I mean you know I, you're getting a meatball. Why, why not? Why not yeah. swing at what you think is going to be the best pitch that you're going to see in a bat with, with a chance to uh, put the team in the lead at that point? Exactly. After they, you know, were kind of, you know, uh, just squandering opportunities and trailing. Yeah, they seem to be w- sleepwalking last night. Yeah. It just, it just, you know, it just didn't, didn't really have a lot of buzz going. Yeah. No, they, they right. sure didn't. And that three and zero pitch is like you're right. It's like a home run derby pitch. I mean, come on, it's it's going to be right over the you, plate. You know, you're getting one. I mean, right yeah, exactly. Cafe Monterano, a meatball. <laughs> I mean, striped with uh, you know a delicious sauce. All right, we're going to come back with more with Tony Segreto. More old school. I have many things to discuss here with Tony, and uh, we'll uh, be with you till about nine o'clock here on the East Coast on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. Uh, of course, uh, Catholic Health Services, uh, always, uh, you know, in our hearts and minds. And we'll talk more about them in just a few minutes here. Find sponsors of the show as well. But be back with more with Tony in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 8.34. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant And you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion unmatched and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, 
there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Why is it necessary? I mean, it's cliche at this point to put the guy out there on the edge of the pier uh, and uh, be oh, reporting. I couldn't agree as, with as you. You're so not wrong. I, I remember so many times Bo Camper himself, because he's a big dude, holding onto a tree and like, yeah, yes. I'm here. I'm out here. Yeah. And it's like Jesus, right. Kim. Right. <laughs> we would. Did yeah. you ever get assigned to that? I mean, you you never no. had a stupid. No. That, did no. you? He said yeah, no. Well, the only first of all, let me tell you something. When Weaver was punching away, part yeah. of those punches were mine <laughs> because <laughs> he was <laughs> sending cash out to the dog track in between oh, yeah. new shifts and oh, yeah, he was on the affairs of the world. Nice, Tony. He was like uh, he 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 would come into my office and he goes, "Hey, Kithed is running tonight. Kithed was a great dog." And I go, "Really?" I said, "What are the odds?" He said, "Well, there we we got to put some dough on it." So I gave him some money for Kithed, and I had I saw some you know I look at the odds, and my parents were going, and he'd hook up with my parents, and they'd be betting on the dogs. It was absolutely great. Defo and Louie always have a blast kicking it old school with the iconic Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. All right, welcome back to the show, the Defoe Show here on uh, South Florida Live. Uh, Mike Luby Lubitz and, of course, Tony Segreto. Going old school with Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Texas Roadhouse Restaurants and Catholic Health Services. Uh, all right, Tony, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, in the news lately is this uh, Mickey Mantle baseball card that's going to sell for $10 million or somewhere yeah. thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, the bidding as of yesterday, very early on, was it like $4.4 million? Story behind it: uh, The guy paid fifty thousand for it in nineteen ninety one at a card show, which is already you would think yeah. an enormous amount of money for a uh, Topps baseball card or whatever brand of card it was. I'm assuming it was Topps nineteen fifty two Mickey Mantle rookie card uh, in mint condition. Which uh, I- I'm imagining that you were a collector of baseball cards, uh, as was I. I mean, I, I was really into it, and, and it was in my uh, you know youth or my youth. It, it was a form of currency. Because we gambled very much with baseball cards. That, that was the big thing, was gambling with baseball cards. We had various games. I, I don't know. Were you uh, inclined to engage in, in any of that sort of activity as a kid? Who are you talking to? <laughs> see, see, I, I'm confused about you your, 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 your roots because I'm no longer in New Jersey. Did you save Who them? are you talking to? Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot. On. It's old school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I did cards, Tony did cards. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, we were we were so finely tuned to the baseball card drop that we knew what stores, yeah, what drugs. Because at the time, you could get your baseball cards at the drugstore, right? yeah, or, and, or uh, like the ice cream shop, uh, or the ice cream shop, yeah. and you had your choice, newsstand, of getting the box, right, or getting them when they would drop each and every week or every couple of weeks. We figured out when the good one, when the new ones were coming and we'd wait for them. 
what the good store was because there were some stores that for whatever reason they always had like the really good cards very right? true and so you would get your cards and you'd go you'd you'd ride your bicycle to the store you'd get your cards and then there was a rule that you could not open the pack until you got to where you were going back right because yeah. then you all wanted to chew that awful gum you know the was, cardboard great gum. Its, I love uh, that you know. gum. Yeah, I love that yeah. gum. Are that you kidding? And then, yeah. then you open your pack. <laughs> you'd open your pack, and you would hope to God that you didn't get doubles. Yeah. You know that would. Oh, awful. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. Because, it was always sucky. Two yeah. then, always sucky players. <laughs> you figured out if you got doubles, you could then you could you could barter those yeah, trade, doubles, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And you could throw them into the gambling pool. Yeah. So we had different gambling games. We had flipping yeah. cards. We have leaner, you know, throw against leaners, the, topsies. It, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. are you serious right now? I mean, yeah. that, where do you where did you learn how to? Well, wait, were you good? I mean, I was yeah, a good I was flipper really of good, cards. I, I was pretty I was, good. I was. Yeah. I was really good at the you know throwing the cards against the wall and getting yeah. leaners and what would be closer or what would not be and i mean it was it was it was like every day this was like the most important thing in the world and yeah i was big into it i loved it i it, I, it was a, i loved a, it yeah variation of pitching quarters i mean uh you yeah. know but and you can accumulate some pretty significant pots i, I was saying though and this is interesting because i just looked this guy up over here uh, you know, because I've mentioned him a zillion times, but for some reason, I, I had uh, an inordinate number of Harry Cheaty cards. Harry Cheaty spelled C-H-I-T-I. I didn't realize he checked out like in uh, 2002 at the age of 70. He only played 500 major league games, but I must have had 500 Harry Cheaty cards. Yeah, and that, I, I was that way with Harvey Keen. Oh, Harvey Keen, though, was a good player. Yeah, he was, but I must have had a thousand Harvey Keens. But I, I think I had some Keens, them, yeah. I mean, I'm going every other Harvey Keen. And Jim Coates. I had a lot of Jim, Jim Coates. Jim Coates, good one. Yeah. 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 I had a lot of Jim Coates. You, you never really got, like, the prominent Yankees. Like, I, I, I don't know. Well, that and, was and always true what you said oh, about the stars. I was, I was my, my most, the, the Yankee I had the most. Was Hector Lopez? Hector Lopez. Hector and Johnny Blanchard, yeah, yeah came in uh, yeah. frequent, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. numbers yeah. in the packages. See, see, and what you said was it triggered a memory because uh, that, that's very true, Tony. Uh, we we would buy them, uh, you know, in the packs of gum uh, largely, and there were a few locations around where I lived uh, where you could buy the baseball cards. And if somebody made a score and like they found something, like somehow a guy got like Yogi Berra, right. You know, everybody like what was running to that store was like the Portnoy Pizza Review, where you know he takes <laughs> yeah. one bite and says, "Hey, this stuff's great," and and the place is swamped for the next three months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, that was great. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so so they put up like some associated names uh, with their baseball card, uh, you know, photograph image uh, here on Wikipedia, and I had a, a zillion and ease too. I had a, a bunch of Hobie Landreths. Oh, yeah. You remember this guy? Uh, yeah. Like, a, you know, kind of a schminky catcher. And uh, Bob Serve, what was like. Bob Serve. Oh, that was another God. big one. C-E-R-V, Bob Serve, who was a Yankee. and uh, Nine zillion Bob Serve. Totally. Always Serve came up. Yeah. yeah, it came up in these packages. And, and it was never like Maris, you know. Yeah, yeah. Never. So, never did, did you ever have a Mickey Mantle card yeah, at any did. time? I you did. did. Oh, you did, and, yeah. And, yeah. What became okay, of it? what'd you do with your cards? I That's my career. Oh, you too. My, my you most too. valuable cards were were Mantle, Spawn, New, Don Newcomb. I had Warren Spawn. I, I, I did I, have I, a Warren Spawn. I had a few. I had a. I don't know how I wound up with a Dizzy Dean card. And Dizzy, Dizzy Dean, wow. Yeah, and and then you know I. I 
you know, God rest my mom. I kept blaming her, but who the heck, you know, you, you make, you make moves, you know, and you don't know where everything winds up. And it's a shame that you don't have some of those things anymore. Every once in a while, digging through some, you know, like we just made the big move, like the big, big move. Uh, yeah. Roseanne was going through some boxes and she goes, she, the funny thing I remember about Harvey Key was this. She goes, hey, I found this guy. His name is Harvey K K U. K-U-H-E-K-U-E-A-N or something like that. I go, I said, yeah. you found a Harvey Keen card? A Harvey Keen card, wow. She goes, she goes yeah. I go, she goes, you want it? I go, <laughs> I said, I guarantee you, if you found one, there'll be another hundred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in the attic somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So I, I lost many of them, but boy, oh boy, it, uh, there was nothing quite like it. And I remember when you had, when you had more doubles, they became triples. Like you had like 10 Bob Serve cards. You would take eight of those Bob Serve cards with uh, with clothespins and put, oh, them, put them in on, your spokes. Yeah, put, put them in the spokes of your of your tires so that you, you your your bicycle sounded like a motorcycle, or to you it sounded like a motorcycle. No, it, it was kind of a cool thing. Uh, you know, I, I dug that. You know, being uh, into percussion uh, very much uh, throughout yeah. my whole life, uh, I thought it was really great. The, the rhythm of the uh, cards flapping in the uh, tire there until somebody came and stole the tire because it was on a new Schwinn. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there went all of your baseball cards. I, I remember, uh, you know, I hadn't been to my parents' house in Long Island where I had like one box of cards that were left. And I knew they were in a closet. And my mother, for some reason, I don't know, was into one of those preservation-like uh, philosophies and left the room exactly as it was. And there was like a goodbye, Allie Sherman It just said goodbye, Allie Banner that I had bought at goodbye the very Allie. first game I attended goodbye, with my Uncle Joey. Allie. Uh, they were trying to get rid of Ali Sherman as a coach. Very oh, likable guy. I mean, yeah, uh, real likable guy. Wore a suit the, on the sideline. Man, he was he was yeah, a yeah. guy. Yeah. And what was that? The Gillette uh, that that NFL Edge NFL matchup. That, I don't know what it was years ago, but when I was NFL matchup, Edge yeah, NFL Gillette match. NFL matchup. Ali Sherman was great on that man. He was really really terrific. But uh, I had that, and I had like a pennant a pennant set from uh, you know that I was selling as a souvenir at Shade that I kept one, and it was on the wall. And there was one box of cards. Now, I hadn't been there in like, you know, 15 years probably. And then uh, cards had suddenly become in vogue as a commodity. And I remember I I thought, wow, I have everything. I know it's right there. And they saved this one box. And then I looked in there. It was all a bunch of schmanky cards. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I was was having Choo Choo Coleman. I had a Choo Choo Coleman (laughs) card, I remember. I was having a a nostalgic (laughs) conversation with, with my daughter the other night. And with my son, actually, we both kind of talked about it, how I said, you know, when Judge hit his 37th home run, I go, I go, you know, we're getting close. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting close to the can he reach Maris talk. Oh, they're tracking it. Uh, People have been tracking it. And I said to both my children, I said, I said, and I get chills just talking about it. I said, yeah, I was 11 years old and I Uh remember going to a doubleheader in Yankee Stadium. And watching Maris hit a, hit a home run in '61 in each of those games, Jeez. and little did I know that I would be part of the '61 lore. Uh, you know, saying I saw him hit a home run, much less yeah. going to a game in '61. And uh, it just when you think of those days, and uh, just incredible, just ab- absolutely incredible, it brings back just great memories from from baseball cards to going to Yankee Stadium, going into Yankee Stadium, smelling the hot dogs. Hearing the buzz, uh, some uh, the men in '61 men were still going to games with their with the with their fedoras on and their jackets on, and uh, it was just a, it was a it was a Camelot time. 
No, it was great. I mean, uh, you know, Maguire Sosa lit the, uh, you know, the country up with their home run chase there on the juice. But uh, that was an amazing season. And most people yeah. were Mantle fans. Yeah. I started pulling for Maris. And, and I like Maris because he was underrated as a defensive player. And, uh, you know. And, great and yet, arm. What an arm. Right, yeah. Arm. No, he, 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 could, he could throw people out. I mean, uh, as well as uh, anybody. I mean, there were some great outfielders that played right field at the time uh clemente, clemente and uh, yeah. clemente, you know, many others yeah. but uh willie mays but nonetheless uh <laughs> you know people people were down on maris because he only hit 269 that year yeah i mean a guy is chasing like one of the most iconic records it still you know would be i mean look uh, people are erasing the whole bonds mcguire sosa thing and saying hey if he gets to 61 that's a milestone right so uh, it's almost right. like we're throwing out the stairway oh, we here, are but, Right. Nobody, I mean, you know, nobody right. was going to beat the Bambino. I mean, no. uh, and then there was the whole, then there was the whole controversy of we're going to put an asterisk. Oh, yeah, that was hard. Because he yeah. played more games than the Bambino right. did. Which isn't his fault. And if the Bambino played more games, he would have had more home runs. It was on and on and on. And then, yeah. and then the, 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 the fact that there wasn't this, there, there wasn't this acrimonious kind of life between he and Mantle that, that Mantle supported him. And it was just a, oh no, you know, it was great. What a race just, too! Yeah, yeah, it was inc- it was incredible and just incredible for baseball. Yeah, you know, that was a great year, sixty one. In, in, incredible. So. Well depicted uh, that Billy Crystal the movie called sixty one that he made yeah. for HBO it I, is phenomenal. And uh, Barry Pepper, who looks like everybody. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, who, who doesn't he look like? He looks like Dale Earnhardt. He looks like Roger Maris. He was a spitting image of Maris. Uh, yeah, he was. He I, was. I, I thought yeah. it was a great portrayal all the way around and a, and a well-made film about a, you know, a season that was kind of a magical season. Uh, you know, it must have been, uh, what, uh, 10 years old. And I, I remember following that chase. It was oh. just incredible. All right, maybe you're following a chase, you know, or chasing, uh, you know, some information uh, about a, a patient. Uh, that's uh, going through some kind of rehab. Maybe they suffered nice, a stroke. Nice, or, uh, nice, well done. Yeah, but I mean, uh, nice, you know, it, it really does amaze me, Tony, because uh, you know we talk about these people in all sincerity, and then uh, you know sometimes if you haven't experienced uh, everything uh, about you know somebody that you're doing an endorsement for, uh, you know, I mean, you, you just don't realize like, like the magnitude of what they do. And and when you turned me on to Catholic Health Services, and I knew they got involved, but with the uh, you know care of my mother. Uh, it was like, literally, I, I can't tell you what an awakening it was in, in terms of uh, the level of care at Catholic Health Services versus virtually anywhere else that, that you'll go for this type of uh, medical treatment. It's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these, these, these notes we get from all these different people who are watching or listening to us, and, and they go, is the bread at Texas Roadhouse really that good? And Luby's response, no. yes, it's beyond really that well, good. Luby, yeah. I mean, and, and, no, Mikey no. likes everything. And people go to us, Catholic Health Services, come on. It can't be that good. Yeah, yeah they are that it's good. It's crazy. They're yeah. not just that good. They're better than that good. You know, we can only speak words. You have to experience it. I hope you don't have to, but if you have to experience it, oh my goodness gracious, these people, how they care, how good they are at what they do. Their expertise is is unmatched, but their compassion for you is unmatched. And the ability to make you and your your loved one or your father or mother or friend, whatever the case might be, make them and you feel like you are the only people they're taking care of. Oh my goodness gracious! There's no money that can pay for that. There is no solace that you can get beyond that. 
It is, it is when you go home and you leave your loved one at Catholic health services because they're rehabbing their, their, wherever they are in their, in their medical life, uh, you can go home and, and put your head on the pillow and, and go to sleep and know that, God forbid, if they need to get you, they'll figure out a way to get you. They're not going to let you like lay there in the dark and not be able to reach anybody. They're going to be able to communicate to you. My, my wife is in a whole different world. Her love, the, the family loved one is still going through a hard time, but she's being like told now what's going on. That, read, that in and of itself yeah, that changes the entire dynamic yeah, of what you're going through. So Catholic Health Services, the best, listen, I, I say this over and over and over again, and I'm gonna, I feel like I'm just banging the table here. It, no matter where you go, you're going to get the best machines. No matter where you go, you're going to get the nice facility and all this. But are you going to get from the top to the yeah. bottom, from the people who clean the room to the people who tell you what you need to do to get better to the doctors who come in with the diagnosis? Are you going to get people who not only are really good at what they do, they're phenomenal, phenomenal at what they do, but they're even, they do it with a bedside manner that is unmatched every single solitary day. Catholic Health Services, please, when I tell you, uh, talk to them. They, they will put you on the right track, and you will be happy you did. Unparalleled. I mean, you're absolutely right, Tony. Uh, you're not exaggerating that. Uh, you know, and, and this isn't a time that you want to be dealing with vagaries and uh, uncertainty. And so uh, when they came in and uh, took over the care of my mother, I mean, literally a 180-degree turnaround, and a massive relief for everybody that was uh, involved in the family and and, and uh, the friends that, that uh, she had made, uh, you know, and it, it really was incredible. I mean, uh, the, the mashuga nature of dealing with people and getting exasperated. And on top of that, then you're, you're no good. You're, you're no help to the person that's going through whatever yeah. Yeah, treatment yeah. that they're going through, you know, because you're, you know, just yeah. exhausted from dealing with, uh, you know, Anxiety. Yeah, over exactly. The whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. The anxiety from chasing a doctor down or getting oh, some yeah. information. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's you have to beg to... the guy to call you back. Yeah. You know? yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It's no, easier it's not... to chase secretariat than it is. To chase <laughs> it is no, I'm no kidding. And then and then they tell you, we'll call you back. And you're married to your phone. You're like yeah. holding yep, your yep, phone yep, like this. Please call me. Please call me. And, you know, it's really, really. Amazing. Uh, you know, Catholic Health Services, uh, really, I mean, Tony speaks nothing but the truth here on the show. And uh, he's absolutely, uh, you know, spot on on this recommendation. All right. Uh, we're coming back with more. Tony Segretto having a lot of fun here today. Mm -hmm. It's funny, too, because, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody had the same cards. Right? Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I don't. I, never I, a mantle. Never a mantle. Yeah, I, don't I, I never collect. I mean, I, ne I shouldn't say this. I. I collected football cards, but not the same. It wasn't the no, same. no. There was nothing the close. To Basketball baseball. cards wasn't the same. You had a couple. But we got our information the there too. All yeah, of our yeah. information. Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. Everything you knew about, about a player, you would catch. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved reading the stats, and we had them memorized and, on the back of the baseball and, cards. As far as the as far as gum is gone, there is not a day that doesn't go by when I look at a baseball card and I go, God, I, 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 one more time, I want to try that old cardboard gum. Stale gum, yeah. I love that gum. <laughs> $10 million for this mail card, Tony. Why didn't we think? Wow. See, wow. Uh, you know, and it was a form of currency, as I mentioned, yeah. but we never yeah. thought uh, for a second that they were ever going to have any wow. value. And, and most of my cards, uh, literally, it, it was a tradition. It was yeah. like a bar mitzvah where you reached a certain uh, stage in your life and you, you threw your collection up in the air. Yeah. 
and yeah. let the little kids come and gather him. Like, yeah. you know, they were snoopers at the track. It was yeah. great. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. kind of like Floyd Money Mayweather walking into a strip club, but only without, yeah. uh, you know, the you violence. Know, I don't know about you, but before I started collecting baseball cards and betting with them, yeah, uh, I I was I collected marbles. <clears throat> oh yeah, marbles too. Yeah, that, that was also a form of gambling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my Big god. Time. Cat's Are eyes. you kidding me? Oh, yeah. It was the. It was the. It was these. It was how you started, man. It was. It was how you started. Would come home filthy from playing marbles in the dirt. All right, we're gonna come my, back. My and wrap this go, Let me see yeah. your nails. Have you been oh, playing man, marbles? Like, like, <laughs> like you just changed the oil in six cars. Dude. All right, we're coming back. Uh, wrap things up. And Tony, old school here on the uh, Defoe Show. Mike Luby Lubitz, Jeff DeForest, uh, South Florida Live. Happy to have you with us. And back in a moment. Now that. The time. Eight fifty-six. Hey, folks. Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. What do you think uh, in this one, uh, Tony? Uh, You'll be handicapping. Will you be laying points? Will you be taking points? I'm really struggling with who I want to win. You have Joe Burrow, who's just the, again, the quintessential. He is the the second coming in Montana, that kind of good-looking, unflappable, just, you know, can get for three quarters, get the snot kicked out of him, and then that fourth quarter still get up off the mat. Certainly the definition of what Muhammad Ali said, the definition of a champion is how many times you can get up off the mat. And to see Joe Burrow do that with an offensive line that's you know filled with matadors, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah, matadors, listen to you, Tony. Well, yeah, every, single one, every single one of those offensive linemen play Ole. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they come into that song, Ole, Ole, Nine sacks against Tennessee. We are now kicking it old school with the one and only Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. All right, welcome back to the show. Just a couple of minutes uh, left here with Tony Segreto, uh, old school, and uh, always appreciate uh, having Tony on the show. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse Restaurants. Uh, all right, what are you up to? I mean, what's on the uh, Segreto agenda? You coming back to South Florida anytime soon? Uh, it's still a little toasty down here, my friend. Yeah, I'll be back uh, uh probably early september for a couple of weeks and just All right. for a week or two i have some business to take care of down there and uh and uh, so we'll see we'll see where the wind takes us but uh, uh heading to new york this weekend uh, see my nice. daughter then we we've got things in michigan we're doing and uh just uh, life you know god is good 
Where you still have poll on like uh, tickets if you called up like uh, the Mets front office? Uh, would they, you know, have two for Segreto down there? Segreto and daughter right we, down by we, the field. We yeah. work on it. We work on it. Oh yeah. yeah we, okay. We try to. I don't know if we're going to go to a game this weekend. We may go to a show. Depends on uh, on Sammy's. Uh, Sammy's like they're they are just <clears throat> Sammy's on the team for Sunday night football, and then there's yes. a whole other team. Uh, that's on the Thursday night football broadcast because NBC is doing the production for that. So uh, uh, it's, uh, it's 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 remarkable the the work that that they they go into uh, all of these all of these broadcasts and it, it's a big deal. I mean, this is a this is a big thing for Amazon, man. We, we're gonna we're gonna find out that this could depending on the viewership of those Amazon games, this could be an entire yeah. game changer on how we watch football. And, and how we watch sports. So I mean, and now NFL Plus has been is uh, launched yesterday, and they, they're they're creating their own streaming service. So it's uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be the, interesting. But, it, but the good thing is you you you'll now have the game in your pocket, which is which I think is important because this is all about. Listen, when I retired from NBC, what twelve years ago, thirteen years ago now, probably that long? Yeah, wow. Some of the, yeah. Um, it, at then they were talking about distribution how do we distribute our product because yep, there's no yep. longer nothing's appointment anymore you don't need the appointment except for the so sports. now now the because listen when, when default and i wanted to watch the news at six o'clock your choice was watching the news at six o'clock yep. you, yes. you, you, you weren't watching it at seven you know so, so the point is now is how can we distribute our product in a form that everybody will be we, we can entice the waters where they can watch everything and so we can still make our ad money Right. So we, we have we, we could do highlights on TikTok and Instagram and and all these other things. I mean, Facebook is for, you know, when you're 90 years old. And I think that uh, distribution now is a big deal. So we're, we're going to see how all this plays out. And uh, college football is about to start with all these games. Now, Fox is promoting it big time with their Big Ten lineup. And, yeah. You know, and NBC is about ready to sign a brand new deal with uh, with with Notre Dame. I mean, CBS has got the SEC. I mean, it, it's going to be huge. ACC is trying to capitalize now. ACC wants to see if they can make. They're not going to be close to making SEC money, but they want to make a lot more than they're making now, which is not a whole yeah, lot. Good luck with that. Network. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's. I can't wait. I, I just can't wait for this season to start. Nick's oh, crying. I mean, uh, as you go into the college football season, uh, Saban, he's always crying about something. Uh, Tony, you're, you're always, uh, you know, a, a bright light. You a are amazing. On, uh, what is otherwise you. a dark shadow here on the Defoe Show. And uh, we appreciate you coming in and uh, and being with us every week. Uh, thanks so much, as always, for joining us. And uh, have a great time. And uh, as they say, uh, I don't know which one did you want again. Uh, checks in the mail. Checks in the Send mail. Send the check, please. Luby, Send the check, please. I'm walking right outside. Run. I'm walking right outside and putting it in the mailbox. Run his right ass down. Please. Run his <laughs> ass please. down. <laughs> All right, Tony. We, we love, love you. you and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. I don't want to hear uh, anything about those family members in Detroit. Exactly. From Tony Segreto. Imagine it. He had the one guy that was a non-union a concrete worker. Get out of here. Piss off Segreto. That's all you need. Yeah. What was the word? Jaboni? Is that yeah. something we can say? Uh, he said, yeah, my, he said Mama was, Luke. He said yeah. Mama Luke. So he went hardcore. Mama yeah. Luke's pretty hardcore. So. Yeah. You know. If you were a Jaboni, that wasn't necessarily a good thing. No, it's it not like, great. Kind of calling you a clown. All right. Uh, we're not clowning around. We're going to do it again tomorrow. We'll have Dave Gurgles Gurgley back from his travels from the Maldives. I hope he has some stories to tell us there. And, of course, he was out there uh, under the auspices of, of what, what I consider would be the ultimate parameters of a relationship. 
uh, which is, uh, you know, she comes and joins you on the trip, and then you don't have to see her anymore. It's fucking great. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gargles will be with us tomorrow with the with the uh, Hylia Park Trivia Challenge. And then Friday, we have a Degenerate Friday. I can't believe the week's flown by. Our um, Mike Mayo Lunchbox today. Uh, Mike Mayo going through PM. some uh, procedures. It is yeah. at the Foundry. Oh, we have a the Foundry yes, professor the foundry himself. Show. I talked a lot about the... Not only food itself, but just the restaurant industry. A lot of complaints, a lot of Great, yeah. issues on Let's Eat South Florida. Well, we talked about it with someone who owns a restaurant today on the Foundry Live. Uh, today, I'm sorry, on Mike Mayo's Lunchbox from the Foundry in Pompano Beach today yes. at 12 p.m. Right. Semi Live. It's like the golf guy, you know, where they go, uh, okay, here's, uh, <laughs> we've been focused on Tiger for the last <laughs> half hour as he tied his shoe on the driving range. And uh, oh, here's the leader. And they imply, imply that it's live, but the uh, fact is the guy made this shot like three hours ago. Uh, all right. Uh, no, it, it's it's going to be a great live. edition of uh, yes. Mike Mayo's Lunchbox uh, today. Yes. And then tomorrow, Mike's on the road there with Nikki Moen. Yes, sir. So uh, catch that on South Florida Live as well. Uh, big steam coming from Let's Eat South Florida, right? Uh, a lot of viewers uh, yesterday yeah, to the Lunchbox. So um, and that, that's Keep very exciting for us. So uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow at 7 in the a.m. as uh, we leave you know that. The time. It's 9.04. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my soul.